Once again to the Lost Art of Wrestling. Lost Art Kayfabe. It's not Kayfabe. <laughs> Don't kill the Kayfabe, Uncle. <laughs> Insert BWO soundbite that I purposely put in last time. We're taking over! I couldn't help put it in last time. It's too funny. Oh, no. <laughs> it's still Lost Art Kayfabe, though. To you, it is. Because <laughs> it's still real to you, damn it. <laughs> So yeah, um, we're back with a wrestle pod. I guess we can call it that. Yeah. Something well, like that. wrestling based. Wrestling based pod. Um, I'm of course Coxie, joined once again by the man they call Bunkle. Hello. They can't see you doing that, mate. Yeah. Post <laughs> habit. Um, following on from last time's episode, well, last month's episode, it's uh, which is currently our third most listened. Good bonus. It is. You'll get paid for it though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Is that right? It's just it's just one step closer to it taking off. And getting our own t shirt. <laughs> Mate, if we get enough listeners then it's gonna happen. Uh so yeah, we talked about loads of things last time. It was like a three hour epic. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even remember half the stuff. I just remember we had a thirteen minute rant on education. <laughs> at yeah, the start. At the start. Won't be doing that again this time, folks. Don't worry. <laughs> um, no, we've just talked about the state of the business and yeah, mainly the attitude era. Yeah, which is kind of where we're leading on to with this show. Sort of. We've got. A f- there's a few bit different this time. So we've got some set topics, and then we've got three matches to break down. Yeah. Plus the bunker react section. Bunker react section, even. Yeah. <laughs> so. I say. Uh, We'll start, we'll start from the top. We'll start from the top. Well, first, the first one I've got, ignoring from the very top, I've got a flash TNA rants, but we'll come back to that later. Because <laughs> 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 the first thing you mentioned to me was CM Punk's MMA debut in UFC. Ah. <laughs> well, for anybody who watched it, he got his ass handed to him. Uh, and I don't think even. <laughs> and for anyone who didn't bunch... watch it, he got his ass handed to him. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. Um, but. Honestly, you like no no disrespect to CM Punk. Uh, you've got to kind of give him props for stepping up and doing that. He made three quarters of a million dollars. Three quarters, sorry, no quarter million dollars. Not bad to step in to the ring. No win bonus, obviously. But um, the guy who beat him made seven thousand dollars. Yeah. That car, and there was a lot of... Uh, is that a, with or without his win bonus? 
That's without his win bonus. Win bonus was seven, another seven grand on top of that. So he made fourteen thousand dollars, and CM Punk made two hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars for less than three minutes work. Well, I wouldn't say he even did three minutes work. Plus, play his Reebok sponsorship and stuff. Yeah, no doubt. No. So, yeah, <laughs> there was a lot of hate on Twitter for it. Um, a lot of people saying that right can we end this now then because he's taking up like a valuable roster spot for other people and obviously we've been getting paid that much money right. and you know there's quite a lot of <coughs> real fighters who could come in and could take that spot yeah. you know we've only having done, we've done two years worth of training and being in his late well mid to late 30s already yeah he's 36 I think um, and the, I mean the guy who beat him it 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 was a golfing class, but it was a golfing class that you'd expect to see anywhere. The guy who was fighting Mickey Gall is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu round belt. I didn't realise that at the beginning. And as soon as Joe Rogan mentioned it, he, I knew exactly how it was going to play out. Yeah. Because a white, when you're a white belt, surviving is your goal in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That's what they, they tell you. Just survive. Hope you can survive. Right. Yeah? With higher grades. Because they'll... they'll you know, they'll almost toy with you. A brown belt versus a white belt. Again, same punk survived, I think it was a, what's it, one or two submission attempts and then got done with a third. I think it was one, maybe. It might have been one. Then. I think he got out of it once and then he got straight back into it and he couldn't. Yeah. I've, yeah, and that's right, and it was. It was yeah, it was a rear naked choke he escaped, and then yeah. he just took a couple more digs to the ear, which blew his ear open, yeah. and then he got choked out. But that's... It was like on the cards, really. I don't know anybody who thought he could win. The As soon as I found out the other guy was a brown belt, if he'd been fighting another white belt, then fine. Or a guy who's never done Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu before, Fine. But you're fighting a guy who has been training his whole life for this moment, and he's obviously a skilled jujitsu practitioner. And you've probably done jujitsu what twice a week for the past two years, and that's Something it. Like that, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not enough. <laughs> not enough. It wasn't enough when he got because he, he couldn't even his takedown defense. He couldn't defend the first the, the takedown. I did read people ragging his punches. Like saying, if he punches like that, then there's no way he's going to survive in the cage, sort of thing. Mm. And I was looking at the betting odds, yeah, and how they were changing. It was like, I think pretty much CM Punk stayed as the underdog constantly. Yeah, and it was like no matter what. I think it there was only like one. I think it was like if it went to like decision or like round three or something. Right, maybe, right. maybe Punk was like the yeah the favorite, but the rest was all got Mickey Gall to. Well, uh, that will only have been because they will have expected. They will have been like. How the hell has he survived? And the guy must be tired. <laughs> <laughs> like Homer Simpson in that episode of The Simpsons where he's a boxer. Yeah. They just punch him for like <laughs> 12 rounds and he just taps him over. <laughs> but, no. I, but, again, I don't... I Personally, I don't want to rag on him because he did something that a lot of people would never do. And he is right in what he says that he was given an opportunity. He... he, he what he wanted to do is he wanted to start doing like a couple of local promotions, doing small fights with against mm-hmm. you know other people who aren't as experienced, just like he isn't, yeah. and stuff like that. And then the UFC knocked on his door and said, "We'll give you X amount of money for X amount of fights." 
yeah, he can't turn. He's right in saying that he couldn't have turned it down because mm. he might never have got that opportunity again. If he'd gone out and lost on a local regional promotion, then he's never going to get that chance again. Like you well, look at somebody like Dave Batista who went and had an MMA fight in a local promotion and gets that fat guy. <laughs> and okay, he won, but he gassed out really quickly. And he's never been given the shot and anything yeah. more than that because you've you've taken away your mystique almost. The 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 you know, how can I put it? The Oh well, you know, this WWE wrestler might be able to do something. You know, you've taken that away from you already. They know how you fight. They know what you're going to do. And they can see that it's not going to be a good enough quality to be on the UFC. Yeah. There's also, I think, though, if Punk did, did work the, the the indie sort of thing, if you work like Elite XC or whatever there is to work, and then it loses badly, takes six months off, mm. next fight, another six months, yeah, three months, whatever, then gets the UFC call. Oh, you'll be fighting for another year, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like what happened originally. Yeah. Yeah, but again, you see, by that time he's closing in on forty pretty quick. Mm -hmm. He has no designs of grandeur. He has no intention on winning a title or even fighting for a title. He just wants to go and earn some money so that he can, you know, well, set himself up for life. Essentially, not that I don't think he's already got enough money. He's probably set already. Yeah, (laughs) but. You know, if if someone walked up to me tomorrow and said, we'll give you 250 grand to go fight in the UFC, I'd be like, yeah, all right, I'll get my ass kicked. <laughs> yeah, but I'll go and fight him. I mean, I'll be able right. to escape a rear naked choke. But <laughs> you give a scenario, it's like, right, yeah, you're going to be fighting in Manchester tomorrow night, yeah. but you're going on at 5am. Is that okay? Well, yeah. <laughs> if, you, like, if somebody came and offered me $7,000, like Mickey Gall got, and said, oh, come and fight... I don't know, in the UFC at five o'clock in the morning and ha- fight, yeah. I don't know, a guy who's two weight categories above you or whatever. Hmm. That's nearly four grand to go and get my ass kicked. Uh, yeah, fine. You've me four grand. And if by some miracle I win, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get another fight, aren't I? So I'm going to make another four grand. So... See, I can't blame him for doing it. Anyway, anyone would do it in this situation. Yeah, he got his ass handed to him. Yeah. I don't know. Is that, it was. It, 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 I, I'm guessing it did what it's. I cut the very brief highlights of it. So all, <laughs> <laughs> all I saw was like goal on top of him, and he just sort of tapping. So the, was... the the highlights were essentially he he basically ran out, tried to throw a punch, and Mickey Gold ducked under the punch, shot the double leg, <laughs> took him down, and then it was him trying to basically trying to get Mickey Gold off him, and he couldn't. Yeah. That was it. Right. So it was like I'm there, and because uh, I'm wa- I was watching it. I wasn't watching it live, but I was watching it with um, a couple of friends who also who watch UFC like religiously. Um, because I don't watch it that often, but they don't like do fighting arts. They don't do any kind of martial arts. Yeah. Whereas I, I know at least about the ground game because I'd done the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu mm-hmm. for five years. So I, I understand, I'm not saying that I could do the things that I'm telling him to do, but I'm saying that this is what you would have to do in this situation to get out of it. Yeah. And I'm screaming at the TV, like, <laughs> do this, do this, like, you know, hip escape, don't give up your back. And the f- first thing he does is gives him his back. Yeah. Because he just can't, because he doesn't, in that pressure situation, he didn't, he didn't know how to react to it. So I don't know, I mean, 
like I said, I don't know how much Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu he'd done in his training, but if he knew the guy was a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt, he should have been doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu five days a week, five yeah. out of seven days. And he should have been doing a three-hour <clears throat> session in the morning, taking his lunch, bit of, bit of like boxing, cardio, whatever, between, I don't know, one and three o'clock in the afternoon, having another small break, and then going and doing more Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That's what he should be doing five days a week. I don't know what he was doing, but he should have just been focusing on survive Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I just, I just have the ambition of tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I say you don't know. You don't see inside his camp, really. You don't get, yeah. you know, you don't get the insight and stuff like that. But it, it I would be very interested to know. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, obviously, you've only you only saw the only highlights. Seen the highlights but... Been like the other stuff flagging up UFC has been like you've had the Conor McGregor thing at the press conference. <sighs> There's a guy I can't remember the other guy's name. He's like, I put people down. They don't fucking move. He's, Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's been there's like UFC. Is it two six or two seven tomorrow in Manchester? Yeah, yeah. But it starts at eleven p.m. our time. I still may watch it. <laughs> well to coincide with like the actual time difference whatever mm. it starts at 11 so Bisping's fighting at like 5 or 6am Jesus so <laughs> to be fair you could probably sleep through the rest of it because there isn't that many big fights on it other than that one and the Belfort and Sassy fight anyway yeah but no I mean what did you think about him stepping into there Um, he could have easily not done because I know he's he's done work for like Marvel He's done like a Marvel Marvel deal or something to do comic books or something for him. Like yeah, he's series. like a... He writes them, doesn't he? Yeah, I think so. Um, Some of the four comics. And no doubt the money he made from WWE is probably set for life. Well, yeah. I mean, was he, t- he was talking about it on the podcast with Cole Cabana, actually, about even randomly finding checks. Yeah. And that he'd never <laughs> cashed. Yeah. It was like... How much money do these guys make? <laughs> like, I know John Cena makes serious, serious money. Oh, yeah. But I didn't think... I, I thought, of basically, below John Cena, it, it was like he made, like, double what the rest of everybody else made yeah. type of thing. It, but, again, I don't know I don't know the ins and outs. I you haven't watched have. Total Bellas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't intend to watch Total Bellas. <laughs> well, you have your downside guarantee, which is your guaranteed money. Yeah. Then you have your royalties, you have your... I think you get a discount on travel, because yeah. travel so much. And then there's like other bits that come into it, it's like appearance, right. like appearance fees and stuff like that. Right, yeah, and obviously you, you get pay-per-view like bonuses and shit. Pay-per-view bonuses, yeah. You're obviously a big one's WrestleMania. Yeah. Because I think Jericho said in his book, you get like a, a, it's like essentially like a year, one year sum. DL. And... Um, in one book it's WrestleMania 18 Trips got 250k right Jericho got 40 DL <laughs> so he stormed in the office there's like JR and Vince yeah and it's like if you don't give me like as, as much or equal to whatever then you can go fuck yourself <laughs> <laughs> so Vince just looks down his glass at him how much did you earn he's like shows him the chip thing he's like 40 grand he's like Jim cut him a check fucking hell <laughs> 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 to be fair it's probably a minuscule <clears throat> amount in compared to what they make from the pay-per-view buys and stuff anyway more likely yeah but then you've got to think like if you factor in merch 
sold at the pay-per-view. Yeah. But then like, you got like the arena rent and staff and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, so. still, I bet they make, uh, obviously they make money yeah. on it. I mean, they won't keep inviting the fucking Undertaker back every single <laughs> year for one night only. Well, yeah, but when you got when you're selling t-shirts like thirty dollars and yeah, yeah, thirty forty dollars something daft because it's a WrestleMania t-shirt. Yeah, and yeah. I buy, I buy mine for like three fifty, you know, <laughs> <laughs> in a clearance sale. <laughs> so. But no, yeah. yeah. So yeah, can't knock him for it. It's to me now though. Is if well, they let him fight again, or they're just gonna go well? No, I don't think they're gonna. But I, I don't think they're going to because you have a chip. They've had the change in ownership now, mm-hmm. and though they seem to be going more towards uh, like, they seem to be focusing less on like fights that make sense rankings wise. They seem to be focusing on like almost like big payday fights. So like because of Conor McGregor and the Nate Diaz fight. Yeah. Where McGregor got beat and then they set up so that he won again. <clears throat> the, the you're almost going back towards like the old. If we're going down an MMA path, we're going down towards like the old Pride days where you used to get like like three hundred pound guys fighting one hundred and fifty pound guys yeah. and shit like that. You're going to end up going down something like that if they continue. You know, if they continue with these ideas. I don't think they'll let CM Punk fight again because I don't think it makes sense for them to let him fight again. I don't think it'll sell more pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. And for the amount that they're paying him, um, they could quite easily say, right, well, go l- learn your craft and come back You know, come back in a couple of years' time and then have one more shot. Yeah. And, you could go, and he could go and he could, you know, he could... I'm not saying it'd be. Uh, he, he's. I'm not saying it's guaranteed to make him more talented as a fighter, but you know, it's the guys that he's in there with. You have to be a certain level to be in the UFC. Yeah. And CM Punk isn't at that level, but he's not going to be after two years. Uh-huh. Yeah, fair yeah. point. But then, could you see him coming back to wrestling? No. No. No, he's burned that bridge. He don't want to come back. If he suddenly changed his mind, though, and he suddenly went, "Well, the UFC won't take me," no, he, I don't this, com- this company won't ch- won't pay me enough. Bellator's not interested. He's not gonna do it. No. I just, well, I don't, I don't like I say he doesn't. I, I don't think he needs the money. I don't think that it fits into his plan. I'm guessing he has one, but the way with the amount of abuse that he gave yeah. the, 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 the <laughs> WWE and that. You know, the talk about the wellness and, like, you know, the the doctor, oh, just a, a Z-pack or whatever it was. Yeah. You know, he's like, I have a staph infection. Yeah, yeah, just have one of these, it'll be fine. But no, it won't. Oh, yeah, yeah, it will. <laughs> and, like, the consistent, like, the hate on Triple H and on everybody. They're yeah. not, why would they take him? He must be incredibly hard to work with. I'm guessing possibly as a businessman, yes. But then you thought you look at Warrior. Warrior came back after, yeah, however many twenty years, whatever. Bret Hart came back. Yeah, yeah, but they didn't come back into a wrestling capacity, did they? They didn't come back yeah. into the, the the main spotlight, yeah. really. Um, you know, it was a one night, two night only thing, really. 
Um, which, yeah, okay, can I see him being inducted to the Hall of Fame when he finally makes peace with him? Yeah, probably. But I don't see that he's ever going to make peace with him. Unless they're going to go, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a Legends contract and... You can just sit at home and do nothing. Yeah, sit at home and do nothing. Like most of the Legends do. And he's going to be like, yeah, fine. Because you can still sell his merch and then that's all that they're really fussed about. Yeah. But, no. That's my thoughts on Zoom. (laughs) Yeah. You also wanted to discuss the Chris Benoit movie that's... I've read something about this today, actually, about Vince McMahon is, well, <laughs> it said he's pissed off, but I'm I'm more thinking he's panicking because he thinks that the WWE is going to be cast in a very bad light right. because of, you know, it, we know that he suffered from concussions. We know that he suffered from, like, a lot of brain injuries, essentially, yeah. um, which... They they haven't said led him to do what he did. Not not directly, not directly. And whereas I can see the the disconnect from what he did at the end of his life and the performer. Yeah, a lot of people can't, mm-hmm. which is why a lot of people can't watch Chris Benoit matches. Yeah, and I understand that on the network they caught a lot of the. Well, they cut any commentary that was praising him or any commentary that talked about him being, well, the crippler and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, I've not watched any of his matches on the network since. Um, It's like, apparently, you can't search for him either, can you? I don't know if you can now, but you originally originally couldn't. couldn't do now. Yeah, but... I don't think that's something that he should worry about. I think it's more gonna it's gonna focus it's not it's gonna focus less on the WWE and what happened there. It's gonna focus on more the pressures of travelling three hundred days a year, whatever it is, on having you know, his his family life, on his son's illness. Yeah. Um, on how he dealt with that, on how his wife was dealing with that, obviously with him not being there a lot of the time. That's the way I think it will go. Um, but I think it could be a really, it could be a really, really good film. Um, and I think it's something that people do need to be aware of. They need to be aware that you know concussions happen to a lot of sports people, and it can yeah. affect people in very different ways. Now. Um, Chris Benoit was obviously a, a, a case on another level. Um, but whether you believe that he was on steroids, which probably was, a lot of the guys in the business are, they're taking something like that anyway, yeah. they must be, or they have done in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, or he's, um, or it was, uh, like I say, these brain injuries that caused him to do what he did. There was something not right. There was something that caused him to feel like this was the 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 only action he could take. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it was. It'd be very interesting to see how in depth it goes on that. I think, again, it'll. I think it'll talk about it, but I don't think it'll be like. I don't think it'll be focused on how the WWE caused it or anything like that. I think there's go- you're gonna see. 
drug usage. You know? Yeah. They're going to be like showing him taking the pill, like the pain pills, whatever, or yeah, you'll yeah. see him dabbling in bits and you might see bits of his home life because apparently there was, um, I can't think of the word, problems. Yeah. Problems yeah. at home sort of thing. Well, the best word I can think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Top red. <laughs> um, problems at home, but then he's on the road constantly, so obviously you're away yeah. from the problem and you come back and yeah. more problems because you're away all the time. But then it's, are they going to fill, are they going to do the actual murder and then or are they just going to cut to it afterward and say, like, yeah, this happened or... Yeah, that's the way I think they'll do it. Either they'll start, either open with that or they'll end with it and they'll say, and it'll just be like the, this, the standard thing they do, the blurry police sirens yeah. and they'll be like, on this date, this call was made to the police and this yeah. is what happened. And, you know, and then they showed up at this house at this address it's it. how how do you really draw it out because it's obvious they can't just pull if it's because it's a factual story they can't just pull stuff out of thin air and go well we thought this would fit in well and it's well it, the, <laughs> the thing is again this could go one way or the other because you could end up be with it being like the people talking about it mm. like after the murders happened and then people who think they knew what they were talking about but yeah. had never been involved with the business and then the like other us. people... Hmm? Like us. Well, no, no, no I, yeah. Well, but I more mean, like, the people who just slate it for the sake of slating it. Yeah. Um, He's a murderer. He's a bad man. Yeah, like, yeah. But did but, you watch it? Well, yeah. no, but I'm entitled to my opinion. Yeah. Yes, but, you are, but you can fuck off. Yeah, but, but again, it's like, oh, yeah, he's a murderer. He's a bad man. Yeah, but do you know why he did it? No. Do you know anything about that man's life? No. So why yeah. you've formed an opinion based on one action? Yeah. And though I agree, you murderers, murderers should be, you know, you should go to jail. You should do, you know, whatever it may be, you know, death penalty in some states. Um, but like I say, there must have been something to drive him to that. The other thing that it could be is he could, or that I'm kind of afraid of them doing is them consistently talking about chair shots. Yeah, and all they're gonna go on about is unprotected chair shots and him doing the flying headbutt all the time because that was his move. Yeah, and you know, and basically just try, basically try and paper it as though, oh well, uh, the WWE's never done anything about it. They just allow these people to take these shots to the head, and you know there wasn't a proper wellness policy for to deal. You know, so that there's like a, in American football now there's a concussion protocol. So if a referee even notices that you might even stumble slightly or anything like that, you go to the concussion protocol. Yeah. Your helmet comes off, concussion protocol. Yeah, You take a hit to the helmet, go concussion protocol. And then you get removed out of the game and go through it until and they can, they'll decide whether you are concussed or not and then send you back. So there's a health professional there who makes that decision. And if you're not then you're taken out of the game and until you pass the protocols, mm. you don't come back. Right. Yeah? But that's only coming recently because, again, like Will Smith did a movie about it, about concussion in American football. Yeah. I've not seen that. But, again, the, the, these are all highlighting these things that happen to people because people's careers end because of concussions. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, there's a there's guys in the NFL now, like, they're coming in, playing one year, and then just retiring because they're like 23 and they think I've worked my whole life to play this game and to make it into the, Amer- the National Football League I've got here and then I thought I've seen guys who get concussed and 
some of them have walked away, but they're not walking away the same people. Yeah. And I don't want to risk that no, later yeah. on. Um, but I said, I hope that they don't just try and do that because yeah, okay, unprotected chair shots. I we both agree that you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Probably. Um, which is why WWE now you don't do it. They always do a chair shot to the back, or they do that like weird gut shot yeah. thing. <laughs> but it's it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. I think it'll be good. This <laughs> isn't it sort of thing like the people that just read a headline and then made an assumption. Yeah, they're not gonna go and watch it. Yeah, based on that, it's gonna be the wrestling fans that are gonna go. Well, I'm gonna watch it out of curiosity. Yeah. And then they'll either walk out going, all right, yeah, it was, I understand more now. Or they'll go, yeah. well, they missed this out, they missed that out. It's like, well, yeah. they weren't there to know. Yeah. But I've read things online, it's like, yeah, just you stick with reading. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, there's, because there's, as always with stuff like that, there's conspiracy theories abound and stuff, and it's. Well, there's always going to be. Yeah. Yeah, but then there's like there's things about like Kevin Sullivan and Satanism and hence, oh, I don't hence know. the Bibles. Oh, I don't know. Um, it was something about because Kevin uh, Nancy was Kevin Sullivan's ex-wife. Yeah. Who in a WCW storyline left Kevin Sullivan for Chris Benoit, which then ended up happening during the storyline because of the storyline. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's like I read it on like Wikipedia and other stuff yeah fuck you quoting Wikipedia but fuck you <laughs> it's, it's a legit source nowadays um, it's like oh Kevin Sullivan's like a known Satanist and there was rumours of like he'd been sending notorious like threatening texts yeah. to Ben Mar saying like we're gonna kill you and your family or sacrifice, oh, right. sacrifice you and your family sort of thing right right hence him possibly killing them first right and leaving the Bibles or Kevin Sullivan then doing it. Right, yeah. And um, it being set up as though Ben White did yeah. it. That is interesting. So. That's pretty fucking... That's pretty interesting. I didn't know... You see, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's sort of some, like a weird, wild rumour because it's like the whole thing of like they said, well, he killed one of them, like Daniel or... the his wife first, yeah. left them for like two days, then killed the other one, yeah, and then himself. Yeah. It's like, why would you leave that? Yeah, why, why would you have, the, why is there that time gap? Yeah. So, Unless his wife agreed to it. But why would you agree to him being killed? Unless, well, no, unless no, no, no. this Satanism thing comes into it, sort of thing. Yeah, like, well, that's, that's, what I, that's what I mean. Well, maybe they, maybe between the two of them, they agreed that, you know, the they didn't want Daniel to grow up, you know, always suffering essentially because yeah. uh, with his ailment, and so they did that, and then they thought, well, how? But then there's other stuff saying that Daniel didn't have an ailment. Oh, right. Really? Stuff come to light saying, oh no, he wasn't actually ill. He was like quite a thingy, but like he was quite healthy and willing and able sort of thing. Oh, and right. Other, other stuff says he he wasn't. Right. So it's they say I've only heard that he wasn't. So. Yeah. Oh well, without actually meeting him in person, sort of thing. Well, I, yeah, I wouldn't know. But then there's like the weird thing, like the text Chris Benoit sent to like Chavo and that. Yeah, he, made, he no showed the event. Yeah, um, and it's, so 
a slight. It's a bit sort of because like, one text sent is like, all oh, the dogs are outside or something. Dogs are out the back. Yeah. And something else. Um, yeah, it's a it's a really weird case. Yeah. You see, again, that they're the bits that could be interesting. If you end up talking to people like Charvo and people that he was close with that he sent messages to at yeah. the time, then yeah, you might get a, you know maybe they they didn't. Well, I'm guessing they didn't suspect anything. But that might be, again, a bit more interesting than, say, dragging Steve Blackman from the dead and having him talk about it in these wrestled in once in his career. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. He doesn't actually know. Mm. I wasn't friends with the guy. I didn't speak to the guy. But, oh, well, he's a wrestler. He knows. No, he doesn't. <laughs> so. But then, it's like no one ever said, like, he was showing signs of odd behaviour or anything. Yeah. Like, he had, like, the brain of, like, an 80-year-old Alzheimer's patient. Yeah. Like, he was never showing signs of... Again, but it, it's these things that people keep stuff like that hidden or you they genuinely don't know. Mm. Um, you know, um, but this is caused by the concussions. Just the rabbits in the background, people. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm just waiting for them to like announce who's going to be cast as Chris Benoit just so everyone can go no <laughs> well it'd be interesting to see if they use an actor or if they use a wrestler yeah because I think you need a wrestler but I bet they use an actor more than likely use an actor depends yeah. if they're going to show actually any, any actual wrestling content if it's going to be all out of the ring yeah yeah get Marky Mark to do it <laughs> put a mullet on him <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's the walk around everywhere, the four horsemen theme. Just like <laughs> constantly with four fingers up. Just strolling about. You'll fucking freak out if it is Marky Mark now, though. Because <laughs> Marky Mark killed someone. No, no, no. <laughs> but I, I just mean that, you know, it's a great piece of uh, foreshadowing. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Evil, evil, bunko. <laughs> Not evil. <laughs> Just saying you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> that was the evil bunko segment. <laughs> no, there's no date for it yet. They've announced a director, which is a woman or something. But... Oh, I don't know. I say, I literally, I saw the post earlier that Vince McMahon's pissed off. But yeah. I don't think they'll portray it as, I think what he's panicking about, I'm hoping they won't do. Yeah. So... You've got to wait and see. Yeah, but no doubt he'll have the lawyers on speed dial ready. Oh, yeah, of course he will. Of course he will. Don't go to where Vince McMahon is without having some lawyers on speed dial. Sue your ass. (laughs) That's what I mean. Surely I'm guessing, like with the wrestler, he'll get a private screening and either he'll go, well, yes or no. Because he originally hated the idea of the wrestler as a film at first. He got a private screen of it. He's like, oh, it's very well done. And it's like, because he thought it was going to sort of show like wrestling in a bad light and oh, show. Because yeah. it sort of it takes bits from the Jake the Snake story from Beyond the Map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he thought that was going to play into it and it was going to show well, this is what all wrestling is like. So right, okay. Off, but it shows the sort of the indie side, yeah. even though it's Randy the Ram was once in the big time yeah, yeah, yeah. wrestling at the garden sort yeah. of thing. <laughs> well, 
again, The Wrestler's a very good movie. I, I didn't realise that Vince got a private screening of it, but I didn't realise that Vince apparently is the king of wrestling, and if you want to bring out something with wrestling in the name of it, he has to see it first. <laughs> he has to preview your shit. <laughs> I'm Vince McMahon, damn it. Well, he was like... It was, I it can't was, sneeze. It was after the film came out, I think, because he was like boycotting it originally. Yeah. And then Darren Aronofsky was like, well, if you want a private screening... Yeah. You can see it. Yeah. So I think it was like Darren, Vince and Stephanie. I like, watched right. it. And he like said to him after me, he's like, Oh thanks for showing me that. It's very very good, very good film, very well done. He's like like the fact you didn't show it in like show WF and well, WWE in a negative light or anything like that and it's obviously I've come to understand now that it's you're looking at the independent side of wrestling rather than the mainstream side of wrestling. Yeah, yeah. So Oh no, yeah, it made sense. Play the for the one the one lone film and obviously <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the rest of it is just like John Sh- John Cena shower shots, isn't it? And this was when we called him up to SmackDown in the shower, and this is when he became the Marine in the shower. Oh dear, you have some weird thoughts about Vince McMahon. I just think Vince McMahon's a very weird person. The fun of I'll go on to the next talk to bit, but on on Vinnie Mac. Yeah. I was reading something today, and it's like um, JR was talking about it. It was like an Opie and Anthony or something, like a radio show in America. They were on a tour, trip to Iraq um, on this plane, like a massive like cargo plane. Right. But it's like um, loads of open space, but there's like everyone sort of crashed out and stuff. Vince's military crawling <laughs> behind crates and stuff, a big bag of like sweets on his arm, throwing sweets at people. <laughs> in a sixty-five-year-old man at this point, just throwing sweets at people. <laughs> oh, it's like one of the stories that I, I, I can't remember. I, I heard it on a podcast or I read it. Is that it was he kept he was on a plane like with all the the guys and whatnot. And Kurt Angle's on this plane. And every time Kurt Angle got out of his seat to try and walk down the aisle, Vince McMahon made it his mission to try and take him down. <laughs> so there's this random old dude trying to attack Kurt Angle every time he gets out of his seat because he's convinced that he can take him down. <laughs> I can take down an amateur wrestler. <laughs> what? <laughs> but then there's also one that was, um, I think CM Punk was telling it. Whereas like yeah. I said, they're in a rack and they're like, they're all they've all got these like bunk beds. Yeah. And there's like a sergeant has a double, but then there's like um there's JBL and Punk. Right. Like Big show or Ed, Edge and Taker on the top and bottom. Yeah. Then Vinnie Mark was on the bottom bunk right. by himself, but he moved on the top bunk for some reason. Right. <laughs> and they said, Oh, they're all there chatting, everyone's like casually drifting off to sleep. Yeah. And he said, all of a sudden, I just hear like these random. Pfft. <laughs> <laughs> Followed by Vince just pissing himself off. <laughs> and Vince is there, probably just dropping farts all night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's strange what 70. Two-year-old man gets up to now, whatever he is now. He is seventy-two. Seventy-one, seventy-two. Jesus. Like so no wonder he's handed the reins over. <laughs> we still have final say. Yeah, yeah, but he doesn't have to sit there and watch every show and be. At, well, I bet he is at every show still. 
yeah. I remember when I, I wrote down upcoming content and I forgot why. Upcoming content? Yeah. Just in general, what stuff we're going to cover. Well, we covered on the last episode, really. Yeah, pretty much. Leaning towards, like, certain matches, anything anybody wants us to watch. And we're going to do WrestleMania 17 and WrestleMania 18. Yes. That would be two <laughs> shows. That would be, that'd be two shows. <laughs> um, there. And then breaking some ECW stuff, maybe. Oh, yeah, you can see Yeah, I remember now. <laughs> Just an idea. <laughs> I have to pick, I'd do a vote for the what show. Yeah. It must be like people pick shows. And we pick shows and then we vote on the one. Yeah, no, no, but like you could, like, I'm not saying that you have to do it. We we have to do things chronologically. We just do, you know, a show here and there that we're interested in watching. Yeah. Yeah. uh, So some things like that. If you do want to do a specific match, if you have a link for it, just send it to us. Someone will try calling me. I don't know who. Did you call me? No. No. Bugger. Could be a job interview. <laughs> I sneeze, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, anything you want us to cover, anything you want to talk about, whether it's a topic, a wrestler that we know of, don't be sending us bloody Japanese. Talk about this guy. We know nothing about him. Here's Wikipedia. <laughs> Poker Doom match. <laughs> Why they should redo the Poke of Doom. <laughs> I, st- I started watching 1998 pay-per-view for some reason for WCW <laughs> because around the time my brother was getting the, the WCW magazine oh, right, yeah. a news agent in Blackpool that sold the, it was the only yeah. place in Blackpool that sold it and the first one he got had the results for Full Brawl 98 in right which is like when like, the Warrior came first yeah, yeah. to it and so I've been watching sort of through 1998 and it's just god awful <laughs> <laughs> It's like from from the point I noticed when Goldberg is champ, he headlines all of two pay per views. Yeah, but that's because you have to put Hogan in the main event. Yeah, which they were doing. I'm not shocked. <laughs> um, and I'm coming on like 1999, but it was the it's where Tory Tory Wilson first comes into it. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Though she is like the kiss of death to your wrestling career. <laughs> but. Well, yeah, David Flair was involved in the match, and this is where he turns on Rick. Right. And then it's the, I'm currently up to the barbed wire cage match, first blood cage match. That sounds horrific. It's Hogan Flair, and if Flair is coming like the president of WCW, and if he wins, he'll become president for life. But if Hogan wins... Uh, well, he gets a title as well. But if Hogan wins, he has to leave WCW forever. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Which if doesn't give the event the result away from the start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's also the infamous match where it appears on Botchamania where Rick, Rick says to David, "He's like, I'll kill you, you cunt." <laughs> <laughs> Rick Flair was in the news the other day, actually. Oh, he, he took it, Halle Berry to Space Mountain, apparently. Yeah, I had sex with Halle Berry. <laughs> of course, Halle Berry denies it and says she doesn't even know who he is. Yeah, which to me makes it sound like she definitely did it. <laughs> That's me, though. It to deny it so vehemently. But it makes it, it sound like, because it was on Flair's pod, so I'm just sort of see Flair sat there in like cashmere sweater, <laughs> soap jacket on, 
Porky Pig in it. <laughs> just uh, like Hall of Fame ring on each finger for some reason. Please, he bought two like two plastic ones on eBay. Just like tapping his fingers, <laughs> just going. Ah, Halle Berry. <laughs> I took her to Space Mountain. We interviewed Ryan by going, thanks, brother. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. He's a legend. <laughs> Absolute legend. <laughs> but no, so I was watching the the, Ho- the start of the Hogan Blair cage match. Yeah. And it's one of those things that people always just like, back in the day, like, people always dispute, like, who's better, Hogan or Flair? And it's like, well, it's what? not even a contest. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's like that people like, if you said one or the other, it'd be like, well, all right, what about in terms of like technicality? Well, Flair. What in terms of actually personality? Well, Hogan. But then again, Flair. <laughs> Flair's by far the better wrestler. Yeah. He was just round at the wrong time. He was round at the right time, actually, because it was originally made, WrestleMania made eight main event, which yeah. was Hogan. No, it was Savage Flair. Mm-hmm. It was meant to be. Hogan Flair. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. Well, no, I'm all mean is in the problem that he, that Ric Flair has always got is he doesn't look the part. And then you think about how Hogan looked, especially yeah. while he was on the juice. Um, that was what Vince thought people were going for. Yeah. And then obviously they brought Flair in, and it was a well. It's it, it seemed like a really good program. Um, at least it did to me anyway. And with him going from all the way through the Rumble and then winning the belt, and yeah, it's been good. But um, again, that that ended up in a bit of a botch because they did Sid Vicious eliminated Hogan, and then Hogan drags him out from the outside, which is a heel thing. Yeah. He did get booed on the pay-per-view, by the way. It's just WWE. <laughs> is this one where he pulls him out from under the rope and they still count it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's a heel thing to do. Yeah. yeah? To drag out a, a, the, the guy who eliminated you and expect yeah. people to jeer you. Fucking dumbass. <laughs> um, and then Sid Vicious, of course, demanded more money and then left <laughs> because he didn't get it. So then you lost the whole Vicious Hogan thing that they were planning on doing. Was that not... What year was that? Because the way they have the WrestleMania match where he kicks out the leg drop and he wasn't meant to. Because um, Papa Shango is late when he's running. Oh, no, that might have been after. Is this the rumble after that? can't remember. can't remember. But it was, it was one of the main years. It was seven or eight, I think. No, right. So, no, seven was Slaughter. So it could have been... It must have been eight, then. It was eight or ten. It must have been eight. Because it, it was like a ten-mile long end round. Yeah. But then you have to like run down and then turn. Right. <laughs> no idea why. Um, and it's you see sort of Shango doing his like his little jaunt, like his little waddle down the down the ring. And then it's like the best one that WrestleMania six and Warrior sprints down like the, the ten mile long entrance and has to turn. Yeah. And also step up onto the actual mat somehow without stopping. Yeah. It's like here comes Warrior. Two million miles an hour. <laughs> oh, he's got a turn as well. <laughs> so. But no, it's, yeah, he, he he wasn't meant to kick out the leg drop. Shango was late, so he had to kick out of it. He's got loads of heat. He's like, well, what was I supposed to do? Yeah. And that's when that warrior came back. Right, right. So. 
Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's just my little job on Hogan. <laughs> so, um, the next thing I've wrote down, I don't have notes by the way, this is all, I just use Bunkle's table, but um, I've got my Bunkle Reacts agent section. <laughs> all right. Okay. If you've got your notes ready. I've got my notes, yeah. So, listen to the last episode, I set Bunkle a challenge of uh, watching a couple of matches. Yeah. One was a match from Chikara, which is a show Bunkle didn't realise after watching it that I, I actually attended. <laughs> uh, from Manchester in May this year, which was Johnny Kidd and Mike Quackenbush in a World of Sport Rules match. And the other one is Will Ospreay and Ricochet from New Japan in I think the best of Super Juniors, whatever it's called. So... Yeah. Uh, which one do you want to cover first? Um, which, one, which you got ready first? I've got I've, well, I've got my notes on the same page. All right. Uh, for these, because <laughs> I didn't do play for my play by play notes. Yeah. Um, I just what my I was trying to to try and capture my reaction after watching the matches. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, being as well prepared as I am, I watched them this morning. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, mean, I watched Hedge and Eddie about ten minutes before I set off. <laughs> Um, the Mike Quackenbush Johnny Kidd match mm-hmm. now one of the reasons that I really like this match because yeah it's my I first time hearing the action by the way folks so I don't know what he's going to say yet like I, 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 as I said in the last show I love technical wrestling mm-hmm. and I love like that map based grounded style and to, like back in my day it was made popular by like Kurt Angle because that's what we used to have mainstream, we used to be able to watch. Yeah. Um, though this match is very, very different to anything that you'd see like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that stood out to me was how few actual bumps there were. Right. Which I really appreciated. It was weird. <laughs> it was weird how, like, because the psychology was there because it was like Johnny Kid's always one step ahead of where yeah. Quackenbush is for the first seven rounds, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, six, seven rounds. He's always like one step ahead. So, like he'll, I don't know, lock him. Say he'll lock him up in some kind of head scissors or something like that yeah. on the ground. Quackerbush will do perfect reversal, get out of it. But then he's already back in it. Yeah. By the time he's got out yes. of it, and then he has to get out, and then he gets out, and then he has to get out of it again. And it's like, it was like. I actually, what I actually wrote down, it was just beautiful reversals and chan- and transitions in a search for leverage. Mm. That's how I could describe it. Because there was no, oh, we're doing, like, we're just going to go to a high spot. There was no high spots. Yeah. The, I, I can't remember there being a suplex. There wasn't a suplex. No, there wasn't. The, the, the closest thing you got was a snap there, takedown. Yeah. Which, again, <clears throat> like, both men were it's not even like they were just focusing on one body part it was uh, well I'm going to do this move to try and set up this like submission to try and grind, wear you down so to speak yeah. and then there was no jumping around or anything like that it was very it was all it, it was I want to say it was a slow pace but it wasn't because you were never sat in a rest hold yeah. it never seemed like you were taking a, they were taking a rest it was a okay alright well he's got this wrist lock on him how's he going to get out of it and it was take a couple of seconds does the reversal to get out of it but then gets put back into it or does reversal to get out of it and then like the break or whatever and like the pinfalls all the pinfalls were uh, 
this guy has leverage, but then that leverage has been used against him, so the other guy can escape. Yeah. And then the pinfalls go like they go backwards and forwards trying to get a pinfall, and then one guy suddenly gets more leverage than the other and gets a pinfall. Yeah. So it ended one apiece. Like each guy got a pinfall. Johnny Kids was in round six, and Quackenbush was in round seven. Something like that, I believe. And then in the final round, nobody got one. If I remember correctly, it was just it was like it was so unusual <laughs> to like to, to to somebody who's grown up watching WWE, yeah, and somebody who's grown up like even now, nowadays, like the main exposure that you'll get is WWE wrestling. It was like I really, really, I did really enjoy it <laughs> because it was like it was really smart, like like. Well told story. Yeah, thing. that's it. It was a well told story. It was, it was the the, the old. Well, there was both veterans essentially, but it was the the older guy having his last match, and then the guy who's come out of retirement because he thinks he's better than you, to and thinks that he can prove that in your domain. Well, did you watch the lead up promo to it where Mike accepted the challenge? No, no, no. Uh, oh no, I haven't seen it. No. Because I think if you watch that and then watch the match again, yeah, you'll like it even more. Right, right. And it sort of Mike comes out. He's in his suit. He's at like mm. a show in America. And he's like, "Oh, uh, yeah, we're in Germany. We're having like cups of tea." Something that was distinctly British. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they were chatting because it was like they've been friends, like Johnny Kidd appeared in Chicago in like 2011. Yeah. Stuff like that. And he's like, um, "Oh, I heard you're retiring, and you you challenged me to like a your final match sort of thing." Yeah, and he's like, oh, well, with my bad leg and stuff, I don't know if there's anything, any way I could, yeah, like, finger it. Um, don't know if you could actually wrestle the match, though. Yeah, but he's like, sort of, the only way I could do it is if like we did a, like I, it's like I, I accept your challenge, I'd be like a, but it's going to be a world of sport rules, eight three-minute rounds, yeah. two submissions, two pinfalls, or a knockout sort of thing. And he's yeah. like, oh, chills watching. Yeah, it. yeah. And then to actually be there for the match as well. It's like, yeah, this is amazing. Yeah, but no, I say I, I did really, I really enjoyed it, and it was, like I say, it was. You won't see it in the mainstream. I don't think. I don't think they'd have the balls to do a match like that. And There's, the problem is, if it's nowadays, it wouldn't. If you had a, a show solely of match that style, yeah, yeah, it wouldn't. Oh no no You'd no! Get the dedicated fans because they had something similar. They had to show a one-off in Liverpool, which was a cross between world of sport and MMA, you know. Right. But did about hundred, two hundred people. But you had a lot of fans there who were there yeah. thinking it's going to be a standard show, and it's like you got Jack Gallagher turned up in his gi, his BJJ yeah. gi, and he's doing like takedowns. There was like no pinfalls, where he was like submissions or knockouts, right, right, sort of thing. Yeah. I say it's 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 definitely something that's not for everybody. I yeah. don't think it's mainstream enough for mm-hmm. again WWE to do something like that or any company to do something like that. But on like in your indie shows and stuff, that's where you have your proper wrestling fans and you, the people who can appreciate this kind of thing. Like I say, I I really appreciate the whole of not taking bumps, yeah. just because. You know that that match told a brilliant story, even though I didn't see the build up to it, mm-hmm. and I didn't have to see somebody do a, a crazy, you know, 
950 <laughs> splash off a top rope through a table onto a chair or something daft like that. Uh, I didn't have to see, you know, some guy literally try and kill himself by jumping off a 20-foot ladder. Yeah. Do I find those things entertaining? Yeah, but I don't need it. Yeah. And it was, you know, it. it's, it's like a different... It's It is, like I say, it's a different style and it's a different audience it caters to. But you say I, I loved it. I'm glad you asked me to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw the I'll throw the audio in of the actual promo, and I'll show yeah. you it later, just yeah. so you can see oh. it. But it's just the the way, like if you watch that, um, or even listen to when he does like the art of pro wrestling. Yeah, it's that same thing. It's like yeah. how good on the mic and how good a storyteller. Yeah, yeah. Is, how like, passionate he is. Yeah, and it's just so. Oh, we interrupt this program to bring you a special report. I want to tell you a story with uh, very distinct punctuation. <laughs> this Wednesday, April 6th, marks the three-year anniversary of the Shoulder of Pallas. The Shoulder of Pallas uh, is an event where, uh, unfortunately, I obliterated my right leg. Uh, it was a few minutes deep into a match, and I had an unfortunate collision with a metal guardrail on that particular afternoon. Uh, a few seconds after it happened, I attempted to stand up, and I fell over. My leg gave out underneath me. Uh, in that moment, what I wanted to do was curl up on a gurney and be whisked away to an emergency room. Uh, instead, I dragged myself up onto my feet. I stood beside the man who, in 1991, inspired me to become a professional wrestler in the first place, Jushin Liger. And and for the following 12 and a half minutes, I wrestled my heart out. When I got backstage and I took off my brave face, I uh, made the ill-advised move of loosening the tension straps on my neoprene brace and I undid the laces on my kick pad and removed them. And I watched as my leg came undone on the floor of the Meadowlands Expo Center. And that is the punctuation mark at the end of my story. Two Sundays ago, I got off a flight from North Carolina, just down 95, at Philadelphia International Airport. And when I turned my phone back on, it started to buzz and rattle, buzz and rattle. I was getting text messages that said things like, Hey, have you been online? Have you seen this video? He's calling you out. So I went to Chikara's Facebook page, and there was this video. And a few seconds into it, knowing who was responsible for posting it, someone who happens to be backstage at this moment, I thought, this is probably a prank. But by the time it was over, I knew it was not a prank. The video in question was sent to us by Mr. Smooth Johnny Kidd. He is... He's certainly worthy of your applause. Johnny Kidd is a wrestler of legendary stature. And in this video, he proclaims that next month, in May, he will hang it up. He will leave the squared circle for the final time and retire from professional wrestling. And when John retires, a really wonderful and important part of professional wrestling history will go with him. 
Because John is the last of the original active practitioners of the clean, classy, and clever style of British wrestling that I not only love, but that I played some very small role in helping repopularize a decade ago. And when I watched this video, uh, I'm telling you very plainly, I was moved. Um, moved right now thinking about it. I felt humbled. I felt honored that this man that I admire and that I emulate on the day that he will walk away, he's asked for me to face him. And if it were that simple, if warm sentiment and well wishes were all it took for that to happen, I would not need to be here explaining this to you now. But that is not the end of the story. It is not. I had the chance to befriend John at the Tag World Grand Prix 2008 in Oberhausen, Germany, and across a few shared cups of tea in a meeting that was rather charming and somewhat proper and inherently English, <laughs> we became good friends, and we've remained so to this day, friendly rivals. When I reflect on the shoulder of Pallas, it gives me a sense of closure, of finality, because on that day, I felt like I came full circle. I stood with the man who inspired me to undertake the journey in the first place, and that felt fitting to me. And it puts me in a headspace where I can be comfortable accepting that my body is no longer capable of delivering the kind of matches that people expect when Mike Quackenbush is in the ring. I want that for Johnny Kidd. I want him to have that finality, the closure, so that he can be comfortable when he walks away, knowing that he made the right choice, and be content in that. I want that for my rival. I want that for my friend. And you can imagine what that must have felt like to be me, watching this video, asking, calling for you to join him on that fateful day. Unlikely as it seems, asking for Mike Quackenbush to come and do it. And perhaps that should be the end of the story. <coughs> Yesterday I went to see my doctor for the first head-to-toe physical exam I've had in I couldn't tell you how long. And unlikely as it seems, he has cleared me to wrestle one more match. take my responsibilities as the director of Fun Chikara very seriously. And it represents an obvious conflict of interest for someone in the directorship to also function as in-ring talent. So, unlikely as it seems, I will step aside as director of Fun for one day only. And my old friend Bryce Remsberg will function as interim director of Fun. I want to be clear that this match we are discussing it is not about title contention, it is not about points, nor will there be any on the line. The match we are talking about is to honor a man that I hold in the highest of regard, with high esteem, a wrestler of the very finest caliber. We will honor him on the day that he chooses to walk away. And when you set foot in that ring, 
John, it will not be a suit and tie meeting you on that afternoon. When you set foot in that ring, it will not be the director of fun staring you down. When you set foot in that ring in Manchester, England, you will face the master of a thousand holds. John, you have a date with destiny. May 28, 2016 is the date in a matter of your choosing. It will be world of sport rules. It will be contested across eight rounds of three minutes apiece. Two falls, two submissions, or a knockout to decide the winner, Johnny King. But there's like the things that like watching that match because it's I've seen they they advertised that well the sport rules a piece of view once it was Keith mm. Meyer and mm. uh, Johnny Kidd it wasn't well the sport rules but they did the same technical style right right um, and he did it with Noam Dar as well the following show where just started, standard match but there's a lot of technical um, but a piece of view the crowd there's always people constantly talking going to the bar. Yeah, kids there, so kids are talking. But Chikara, the whole crowd was silent. Yeah, just watching in awe. Yeah, this match, and that's I mean, that's partly what made it in a way. Yeah, yeah, everyone's sort of quiet and paying attention. Yeah, rather than just sort of, oh, I'm going to go to the bar in a minute. See you later. Sort of yeah, yeah. Like I say, it's 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 the yeah. environment that they created for it. Yeah, as well. Like you say, PCW, it's it's in a nightclub. Yeah, you know so. You are gonna go up and go to the bar, you know. You will, they do try and advertise for kids, mm-hmm. and a match like that, I couldn't imagine. Oh, I could, I couldn't imagine getting even my two kids to sit for a match like that. Mm. I'd be str- I, I couldn't imagine getting them through to sit for a wrestling match, but, <laughs> um, just just because they have the attention spans of gnats. <laughs> um, but it's yeah, it, <laughs> I say. I, Really enjoyed it. Look forward to hearing that promo now. Yeah. So, well, also there's things in it for me though, like sort of it solidifies you kind of way that like, there's something for everyone. Mm. There's like there's because you have like matches like there's the hermit crab in one match. Oh and you god, have, yeah. <laughs> but you have like the tag team match and like at the time the champion mm. was a woman. Right, right. She was like the grand champion sort of thing. Oh, is it? But I then, don't. I don't know. I, I was going to ask how it works because I know they have to get three wins. You have to get three points, yeah. You have to get three points to be able to go for a, a match, yeah. to, to have a title match. But obviously not everybody who gets three wins in a row can get a title match. So surely they have to, they can lose those points. I'm not really sure. I need to look into it myself. Right, <laughs> right. Me no, I was just, I was just, <laughs> sorry, I was just wondering because I, I was watching it and that snake dude, Fibian or whatever he's oh, called. Fibian, yeah. That guy. Yeah, picked up his third win, but there were that the commentators were saying that he's got a he's got another match next week, so he could lose those points. Right. But I don't understand how he can lose the points if he's got that if he's got three points. Surely he should have a title match next week. But apparently not. Yeah. I was like, okay. And why does the commentator sound like Patton Oswalt? <laughs> but there we go. <laughs> no, but there was things in the match as well for me, like. The, the little comedy bits like you used to have in the old world of sport mm. there's like I think um, Mike had like Johnny Kidd and something it's all of a sudden it's like you see his hand come up he's like oh what's the birdie got you yeah, headlock yeah. sort of thing or it's like oh wash my hand here oh no it's over right now yeah. <laughs> well like one of the best one of my favourite spots was um, it was kind of like a leg scissors and Johnny Kidd 
basically it's controlling Mike Quackenbush's posture with it. Is he yeah. stood you know, like he's got his legs almost like in a scissors around Mike Quackenbush's legs, and he's keeps t- trying to tip yeah. him one way or the other, and he knocks him over. Yeah, and they get back. And there's a bit like a scramble, and he gets back up. And then he, Mike Quackenbush tries to do the same thing to Johnny Kidd and he just steps out of it. And I was just like, wow, <laughs> that is awesome. But I was going to get on to that bit in a second. <laughs> but there's the other bit. Um, one of the bits that stood out for me was uh, Johnny Kidd gets the first fall in like round six. Where, yeah. But it's because like they're doing reversal, reversal, reversal. Yeah. Leverage, pin. And then you yeah. see him tapping your head like, see, he got one on you. Yeah, yeah. But then Mike Quackenbush does it back to him. Yeah. Again, he's like, see, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a classic show of respect, really. I mean, like the handshaking before each round starts mm. and after each round and stuff. You know, again, yeah. it's it's something that you don't really see nowadays and it's something that I think is kind of lost. Uh, you know, um, even when you get face-versus-face matches, you don't get that kind yeah. of, you know, actually, oh, you know, you did well type thing. Yeah. You might get the odd one at the end of a pay-per-view where John Cena goes and raises somebody else's hand. Yeah. You know, or they try they, they bring the rat back to try and get Roman Reigns over, and it doesn't work. <laughs> but no, there was there was that same bit on a piece. They did a piece of do with Noam Dar. They get some mm. leg scissors, and then Johnny Johnny Kidd just goes, "I'll show you how I get out of this one." And he does whoop whoop whoop, and then just walks out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I was pissing myself. <laughs> So yeah, I'm starting to think I might have to go watch some more Johnny Kid matches, really, so I can see more of this style. You can pretty much Google any. You can probably Google World of Sport, and you'll find stuff with yeah Lord Stephen Regal. Yeah, yeah. You'll find Dave Finlay. You'll see. There's one old match which I think William Regal said it's one of his favourites. Is a guy called uh, Cat Weasel. <laughs> but he's like a, it's like a comedy thing. But he's like you mm. see where Madman Manson. Right. Some of his yeah. sort of style from, um, it's, and there's like I think Les Thornton, right. yeah, like Mick McManus, Giant Haystacks, yeah, yeah, Big Daddy. So, yeah, it's old, old grand, like ground footage, but you can you can find it out there. Right, right. Um, yeah. What? Yeah. So, yeah, folks, check out Chikara. Yeah. Uh, and the next Actually, match, different. yeah. The next match I got told to watch <laughs> completely com- the opposite. <laughs> yeah, was between Ricochet and is it Mike Osprey? Will Osprey. Will Osprey. There yeah. you go. Um, yeah, uh, uh, the first word I wrote down was flip de doos. <laughs> There's a lot of flip de doos going on. Flip de doo, bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But I will say something that's probably going to shock you now. I thought the match was very similar. Not in terms of style, but in terms of the story it was trying to tell. It was one guy doing a bunch of moves and then getting reversed. (laughs) It was. but But because these aren't two technical wrestlers, so to speak, it was two well, what seemed to be relatively high flyers, mm-hmm. going one for one, yeah. or any time they did actually almost come together in what you, you know, like a, what I'm trying to set up a suplex or trying to set up his finisher, and he was being countered into something else. Yeah. 
Right? So this is what I mean by it's very similar. I don't mean it's very similar in that it was, uh, you know, the just the technical ground game. Technical or masterclass. Because like, it was not. <laughs> it wasn't a technical masterclass. High spot masterclass, yeah. fine. Lots of them. There's flip de doos out the ring. There's flip de doos in the ring. It ends with a flip de doo um, type thing. <laughs> uh, it's like a springboard RKO, I think it ended yeah, with. Um, there was failed flip de doos. Um, you know, there was a lot of there was a lot of swearing, yeah, which I didn't enjoy. Someone kicked me, so I call him a motherfucker. He kicks me again, so I call him a fucking prick. And I'm like, okay, maybe you would, but is it necessary? It's a kick. Yeah, you know what I mean. I thought some of that was definitely not necessary. Um, it's like whack. Ow, you prick. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's how I felt about it. Um, they were both really over. They were. They're which Both well known in Japan. Yeah, which is like... You see, I expected a Japanese crowd to be... Well, how I expect Japanese crowds to be, which is to sit in silence and watch. Yeah. Because in everything else I've watched, like when um, the wrestling channel used to exist and it used to show Japanese wrestling on it, yeah. they sit in silence. And, they they and then they go, they applaud a spot. Yeah, or yeah. Like, or they go, oh, yeah. Like you know, like, like one of the really big spots. And then they'll cheer at the end when the match is over. Mm. So I expected it to be like that. The crowd wasn't like that. The crowd was like a crowd here. It was going mental the whole time. Um, which, you know, for all the, that's kind of like the point of all the flips and whatnot. Flip the doos. Flip the doos. <laughs> yeah. But I still enjoyed it. I'd, again, it's not my cup of tea, so to speak, but I've always maintained that I could appreciate the athleticism that's required to do some of the things that these guys do. Yeah. Um, and to have the balls to do some of it as well. Like, I don't... I can't, I still, I don't actually know what either of the guys' finishes were. It actually is. I don't even know um, if it ended with their finishes. Um, well, I suppose it is that cut or a springboard. Right. Cut, I think. Okay. I think, I think what, uh, Ricochet I think uses like a six thirty or something. Right. Okay. That Matt, that would be the one that he missed. Because um, at one point I thought it was the Northern Lights into a suplex into a. What does he do with the third bit? He does it anyway. He, he tries to do it once and gets stunned for his troubles. And then he does it the second time when he tries to do it. Mm. Which, like, which is probably one of the, the most entertaining parts of the match, actually. Because he does a Northern Light suplex, which... Nice move, quite like Northern Light suplex. Then he picks him up as a suplex. So it's like, like the Free Amigos, but he's yeah. doing different three different moves. And then, I can't remember what the last one was. But I'd say it was very... It was very. It was a totally, di- totally different. It was a totally different match, totally different style of match, but telling a very similar story. Mm. There was a lot, a lot of running around. Obviously, got to run to do your flips. <laughs> um, there wasn't again the like the the beginning. They do the reversal bit. Yeah, the very opening sequence is 
one guy goes for one hole, another guy goes for a, a different hole, and they flip. Uh, but rather than it being like a technical, oh, I'll think of a way to get out of it and I'll get out of it, it was, I'm going to flip out of it. Yeah. And it was, every reversal he did was a guy's done like a, a, a flip to get out. And I was just like, you could have done that with like spending so much <laughs> less energy. It wouldn't have looked as cool, but you wouldn't be tired neither. <laughs> That's the thing for me, it's like the, the, uh, I think they just sort of there's a bit where they just like they're staring at each other. Yeah. And they have got to run the ropes. Yeah. And they end up like both flipping and then like one in the middle of the ring and they both yeah. do another flip. Yeah. Like, what was the point of that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, that yeah, that's the point. The 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 one of the points. It's both like both choreography. Yeah. <laughs> and then they run to opposite ropes, do like a handspring. Yeah. And then flip over after the handspring and land in again, staring at each other. And it was like. Why did you co- why, why why did you copy each other? Yeah, that didn't make any sense whatsoever. It would have made more sense if one of them had stopped doing the flip to do bit and then kicked the other guy yeah. as he was doing it. That would have made a lot of sense. Yeah. But no, <laughs> this is not. I think it's this match I was watching. There's one where like I think Will Ospreay goes for like a, a Frankenstein or something, and Ricochet just sort of flips out of it and just like walks off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lands on his feet and walks it's away. Like, it's quite impressive, but it's like. Both like I think Steve Austin, I think Vince Russo and Vader all like put down like yeah it's really good. Well, Vader not so much, but yeah, it's like but Vince Russo was like well it's not wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because it's not. There's no the the amount of actual wrestling that takes place in that match. There isn't a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of springboards and flip the jump. Yeah, flip the dudes jumping around, <laughs> which isn't you don't expect to see in wrestling. Yeah. Um, you know, okay, certain, ma- you know, like the court, you'd probably go as far as calling these two guys high flyers nowadays. But a high flyer to me was Jeff Hardy, who did one move off the top rope yeah. every match. And they called him a high flyer because his finishing move was a swan time. Yeah. Uh, he didn't have to do the, everything off the top rope. He didn't have to do everything jumping around. Mm. Uh, part of the reason why I hated Rey Mysterio was because... Apart from the fact that he was shit at storytelling and he got the Eddie Guerrero death push, um, which was totally stupid. Um, since they were feuding, but nevertheless, um, you know, they all you know called him a high flyer and talked about all like his fantastic moves. Yeah. I don't think he did anything that was fucking special. <laughs> and the move that he did off the top rope, he fell. He just fell. Yeah. He didn't do a flip or anything. He just fell with his fat belly. <laughs> so, that but no. Like, that was like the incarnation of like the third or fourth thousandth West Coast pop variant. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, because he couldn't do the Frank Steiner yeah. anymore. Because he sucked. <laughs> he didn't do the leg drop either. No. But yeah, I did enjoy. I did enjoy them both. I... I enjoyed the Quackenbush Kid match more because it's more my style. I don't. I agree that I don't think the Ricochet Osprey match is wrestling. Yeah. Because it's not what I know is wrestling. I understand why people enjoy it. I understand the athletic prowess it must take to do those things. You must. I mean, they must be in proper peak physical yeah. condition to do some of that shit that they do, and be athletic as hell. But. It's not 
Yeah, it's just not wrestling. The story you were telling was the same story as the Johnny Kid Mike Quackenbush match, essentially. Yeah. But it isn't told as well mm-hmm. as that. And like I say, there was bits that were just unnecessary. Yeah. It wasn't required. <laughs> well, no, what, did, what did you think? Um, I obviously loved the Quack. The Quackenbush kid match. Or kid and bush then. <laughs> but uh, otherwise I wouldn't have passed it on. Um, but again, then I was like there in person for it. Because mm. like, Johnny Kid came out to Dire Straits Walk of Life. Which sort of helps it as well. Yeah, so, like, yeah. Mentioned Johnny and Lewis. Right? So I was like, listen back to it. I was like, mentioned Johnny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was... It's like that match, I think I was... Because as soon as he announced it, I was like, oh, is it the Manchester show? I was like, I'm going to that one. <laughs> Even better. Um, yeah, so I watched, I watched Osprey Ricochet. I was like, well, the best pay attention, probably. <laughs> for a start. But it's like, like finally, yeah, they started to take the call and it's like, I know there's going to be high-flying bits and stuff, but then for them to do that whole bit, it's like they're staring each other going, right, handspring, flip, another flip. Oh, look at what we've just done together in sync. Right. So, right, where do you go from that now? Yeah. Like, we know you know each other. We know your mates and stuff. But you've just done a flip, flippy-do. Now you've got to try and wrestle each other. It's yeah. Just. It wasn't quite there. It wasn't my cup of tea. No. Because they didn't really wrestle. No. <laughs> no. In the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Flip to do, bro. Yeah, flip to do. <laughs> Brian Quinn have stood there in Japan. Flip to do, bro. Come on, you know me. Flip to do. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. At least check out Chikara. <laughs> yeah. We can't recommend the Ricochet Osprey match. No. If you like seeing people flip. Then go watch it. If you want to watch wrestling, don't. Yeah. And I've, I've then wrote down Edge. But I don't know if we can just come back to Edge later because we've got the, the Edge match to do. We'll come back to Edge after the matches. That's all right then. Uh, one of the topics we covered last time, which proved quite popular, is when we were talking about tag team longevity. Right, right. Um, I can't remember who we were talking about. T- we were talking about Team Alpha and... That we obviously we didn't want them to split them up because yes. of Rover, and then we talked. I mentioned the world's greatest tag team in that they split them up, and then they, they do nothing. They had a blow off match on yeah. like SmackDown or main event, yeah. And then Charlie Haas did nothing, yeah. <laughs> and Charlton Benjamin became everybody's bitch, including his mother's. <laughs> um, <laughs> greatest IC champ of all time, mate. <laughs> yeah, he never defended it. <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> but no uh, people. They were quite quite agreed with our standpoint on that. Yeah, they yeah. should tag team should be together for a while. Yeah, um, I think especially now that you have a NXT. Yeah, you can you've got a chance to do that. Yeah, so they'll don't do what they do the ascension. Well, <laughs> you see, they're, they're starting to build, try and build them back up again, aren't they? I'm hoping so, but it's sort of you've, you've shit on what you've got already, so. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. Why would you try it and do it again? Yeah, with the same gimmick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but 
No, it's like I was looking at it, it's like there's currently you got like Enzo and Cass, who they've known each other for 10 plus years, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And they've been friends for 10 plus years and they're a tag team. Yeah. But no doubt they're probably going to split them up at some point. Well, I thought right. they were already kind of leaning towards doing that with them two anyway, just because I know Enzo get concussion or something like that. He got injured. At, he had that really bad fall. Yeah. And then they had big, back, then they had big cast in like a number one contenders match for the yeah. title. And it was like, what? Where's this guy come from? The like ends on the mic. Yeah. But he has the ability as well. Cass... He's good on the mic, but he still needs a bit more work. But then they're impressed, like, because he's like seven foot and he's got yeah. the physique and he can move as well. Yeah, yeah. He has, he, he's so. got the stereotypical size that they look for. Yeah, but he also has the talent and ability. Yeah, yeah. So, but then it's like, I was there, sat there thinking, it's like, would Big Cass sell tickets? N- not with the name <laughs> Big Cass. <laughs> well, but it's like, would Colin Cassidy sell tickets? Yeah, no. <laughs> They'd have to rebrand him, but I say uh, there are there are in well, yeah. The I suppose they are. Some of them are lasting a bit longer. Like you look at the New Day, and they've yeah. been going a while now, and they, people hate them at the beginning. Yeah, you know, um, and then the Usos they're always going to be around. Oh, I don't. No. I, I, I can't stand them. <laughs> But they're always going to be around, aren't they? Yeah. Um, you know, it's... The problem is they've recently turned heel. Oh, yeah, <laughs> And no. on the last pay-per-view, I was live tweeting it for a bit. And one of the first tweets I've been stopped tweeting it was, why are they wearing bin bags? <laughs> 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 it's like, you wear black because you turned heel. Fuck it, bin bag. <laughs> and I nearly found the floor. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> Fuck it, bin bags. <laughs> But yeah, they suck. Um, but again, I can see them being around for a while because nobody's going to care if they do split them up. Yeah. Um, but like I noticed, the Hardys are back together as well. Yeah. In TNA. But it's like they're related because it's like because mm. I was sort of more like for me, it's like you got American Alpha who are coming together. Yeah. You got Enzo and Cass are together. Mm-hmm. It's like you look at back in the day, you had the Road Warriors, you had Public Enemy. Yeah. Yeah. You had, like, Four horsemen to a degree, in yeah, stable. yeah. Well, like I mean, even slightly more new age. You had uh, the Dudley Boys, Edge and yeah. Christian, and the Hardy Boys. That was yeah. that, and you could build everything around those three tag teams. Yeah, and then okay, you had some other ones that never really took off, like Head Cheese and whatnot. Uh, Palumbo and Gun. Yeah, Gun. You see, Palumbo and Gun work. That worked well. You know, that was entertaining, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, no Age Outlaws. Yeah. But, you know. APA. Yeah. Back in the day, you, you could do that. The wrong one that they have now, like, they've done the, they're doing the Dusty Rose Classic yeah. tag team event. But from what I can see, more than half of those tag teams are just two random guys who have met, like, last week and gone, <laughs> oh, you're quite good. I'm going to team with you. <laughs> Even Bobby Roode's just done it. Yeah. Is it Ty, Gillen- Ty Dillinger is his yeah, tag partner? Like and they'll probably win it. And it's like they've literally just met. And now they're going to be like a great tag team. Yeah. It's, it doesn't work. 
if you uh, to me. I, I don't understand why it's called the Dusty Rose Tag Classic because I don't ever remember Dusty Rose being in the tag team. Um, but again, either they'll probably get to the final and face that Public Enemy team. Is it pub- not Public Enemy? Um, what they called them? Two really really big guys. Uh, Authors of Pain. That's it. Yeah, it's the web. Well, they've got they've got the tag champs in it though. As well, the revival or whatever. The oh yeah, 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 they're in it, and you've got Champer and Gargano yeah. in it as well. And there's like that whole they had because they took on the revival at the last takeover, right? But they didn't win, right? And there's a whole bit where like Champer's embracing Gargano in the ring, going, "So it's all right, you did well, you did well." And it's like, and the sort of thing is like, could turn him heel here. Mm. It's like, will they? Won't they? And they didn't. Yeah, but they so might like, do it next time. For, yeah, they're gonna like lead to that the split. But it's like, again, they've been friends for 15 years and they've teamed before together. Yeah, yeah. But not, obviously not long-term. Yeah. But it's like, like, back then when looking like the Road Warriors, they were together for 20, 30-odd years as a tag team. Yeah, yeah. But it's like you watch the DVD and it's this, all it has is squash matches. <laughs> yeah, but because the Road Warriors never can't wrestle. They never could. <laughs> yeah, but... This is like they get, they get fucking like jobber teams and stuff, and it's they're in like NWA or WCW at the early WCW. It's like these are the bonus matches, and it's like two minute squash match, nothing happens, <laughs> and it's like they got given a chance in like '98 against like DOA or whatever, and yeah. it was the dribbling shits. <laughs> well, like I say, the Road Warriors are one of those teams that they put together because they can't wrestle. Um, and you need to do something with these guys, yeah. Um, because the gimmick was obviously over. But again, <laughs> my problem is there isn't actually like you, you like you say you can name a cup if you establish tag teams, but they don't wrestle other tag teams. Yeah, and if they do, it's in really quick matches. Yeah, and there's not enough time for because they, they spend however long they've got trying to get their shit in. Because, and then it just ends up either ends up in a schmaz and a shit finish, or one team goes over the other and it's like a squash, and it's like okay, well they weren't a legitimate threat then, were they? Yeah. Mm, back to the drawing board. Mm. So again, that's why you end up with the Usos in every fucking title match because they can sell, they can work a little bit, yeah, and you might as well. You know they're always they're, they're they seem like relatively good hands, so to speak. So they could put somebody over. They never win. There was that time when they did win. The, there was that time when they did win the titles, and they, it was just like, yeah, you, you were over before it. It's not going to put you <laughs> over now. They're fucking doing the hacker on the way to the ring. Yeah, that, that really helped, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, because everybody hated that because it took forever. Yeah. It was like, you're a tag team. <laughs> Move. <laughs> Get your asses to the ring. <laughs> well, certain people can t- spend the time doing, you know, coming to the ring. They've earned it. Yeah. They hadn't. Pretty much why everybody shit on you. <laughs> but no, I'd like to see them establish some actual tag teams. Like, I don't understand why they haven't had Austin Aries team with Bobby Roode. Because... They teamed in TNA, yeah, and they were good. You, you mean that that company down south? Yeah, but I mean, I'm not saying you have to hark back to that, but I'm just saying that they've done it before, so you know they'll be good. But instead, 
Austin Aries has his own team of him. And a mystery partner. And a mystery partner, which is, I, I don't think there's going to be one. <laughs> is what I'm guessing. I think it's just going to be him on his own. <laughs> be like the whole Shawn Michaels and Guard thing. Oh, dear. No. <laughs> yeah, they have longevity. <laughs> But yeah, that's maybe it's just me. Is the, you know, the, like you say, like we said in the last episode. Hopefully, they'll invest in some of these tag teams yeah. and invest the time in them. Like I think that the Vard villains have already basically been turned into jobbers. Yeah, I think so. Like the Ascension were turned into jobbers, but now they've decided that they want to try and rebuild them. But you miss, like you've missed your opportunity already. You can't bring somebody up to the main roster, job them out and make them a joke yeah. and then suddenly expect us to take them as a real legitimate threat again. You That takes time. Um, which will probably end up with more and more jobber matches. Which I can't stand squash matches. Because it's just it's just. And don't watch any Braun Strowman stuff currently. I fucking hate Braun Strowman. <laughs> Apart from your boy, James Ellsworth. James Ellsworth, yes. <laughs> boy, king of boys. <laughs> So, to tell you what, actually, I was watching, I was scrolling through Facebook the other week. You sent me the picture. Did I? Yes. <laughs> you mean the one where he's got a stiffy? No. Oh, during the Braun Strowman match? <laughs> no, you sent me the one that's like the boys or something. No, in the Braun Strowman match, he's starting to get a chub on. <laughs> Somebody pointed it out. <laughs> the worst one, the worst one's where the sheet gets one with. Oh, yeah, but he's like break his back type yeah. thing. But then they, they asked him in a shoot interview, he's like, why, why did you have a hard on? And he's like, oh, I was excited at the thought of breaking his back. <laughs> oh dear. But no, like you say, you would need him to invest more time in him. Um, again, I haven't, I haven't watched WWE this week. Uh, I don't know if they had any tag team matches on this week. I know, let's say, they, they decided that they're going to try and rebuild the Ascension, but I, I don't... Again, I think that the, the it's going to take months yeah. to, to make us think that, yeah, they have a chance. Um, the New Day are always going to be entertaining. Um, and I hope they don't break them up. But, again, it's something that you can see not too far down the line that they'll break them up. As soon as it stops selling merch... Yeah, but they're constantly pushing merch out yeah. with them. It's like it's like it's like Cena level of like pushing yeah. merch out. It's like right, what colour of the rainbow haven't we done for them yet? Yeah, it's like, yeah. right, we've got sky blue, we've got tangerine orange, we've got like lemon yellow, got yeah. lime green. Right, we need a pink. There's probably pink out already. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like oh, we need a, a mauve, <laughs> a mauve. It's like a mauve pair of socks or something. Fuck his mouth. I don't know. It's some, some fucking shade. <laughs> um, but no, speaking of the new day, there's the time set time machine segment recently. It's just like an old fridge box. <laughs> but they were trying to go back in time to do something, and they end up <laughs> they went back to like 2009. Oh God! Kofi Kingston comes out in Jamaican gimmick, <laughs> <laughs> and they're asking him where the gimmick came from, uh, where the, the accent comes from. Gets dragged. Uh, no, we're in the wrong year. He gets dragged back in the box. Here. No, no, two thousand nine was my best year. 
pissing myself. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's possible on YouTube somewhere as well. I'll have to look that up. So, anything on that tag team longevity? Well, in other words, there is the, currently there isn't any, but they have the, the potential to do it. They have a couple. There's like yeah, they've got the hype, the hype bros, oh, but God. I can't see it lasting. Hype bros isn't going to last because, <laughs> again, how many tag team partners has Zack Ryder had? Let's <laughs> come on the edge later because he wasn't edgehead. Yes, he wasn't edgehead, which <laughs> edgehead. But yeah, no, that that. But again. Zack Ryder's, well, for lack of a better description, his time has come and gone. He's never going to be more over than he was when he did this YouTube show. He then tried to start doing it again and did yeah. one episode and then never did anymore. Yeah. After smashing his US title. <laughs> um, I can only assume he was told not to do anymore. They had his WrestleMania 32 win, which yeah. he sort of shit on the following night. Yeah, because he got beat the following night, <laughs> didn't he? Yeah. So that was just pointless and stupid and annoying. Um, so, again, I don't see them lasting much longer. I don't think Mojo Rawley's got any talent or charisma or anything. I don't think he has a shot of sticking around, to be honest. Unless it is in this tag team and they keep that rider around for some reason. <laughs> it must be a good coach. And then you've got like, the golden truth, which is gold dust in our truth. You see, that's been going a while. But again, Goldust and Archie, they're a comedy tag team, really. Yeah. And Goldust keeps tweeting that he's leaving or doing stuff like that. Sending out cryptic tweets and shit. Yeah, but right. then again, no. This is Goldust. <laughs> um, boy. Goldust is not a boy. He's your boy. He's not my boy. <laughs> He's your boy. He's not a boy. <laughs> <laughs> Goldust isn't a boy. <laughs> dark rain. Is it dark rain? Seven. So, the seven and black rain. Black rain, that was it. <laughs> but no. Um again, they're a comedy tag team. Our truth was actually in a good tag team with the Miz. They were ace. <laughs> the awesome truth. Conspiracy made him change it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um MC Miz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at least it was entertaining, okay. They wish that the walking down to the ring and singing your song and stuff is always going to be shit. Um, but there was some outside. Was it? That was quite funny because you had that, M- that MC Miz looking like the most pissed off man ever. Yeah, yeah. Besides me, apparently. <laughs> allegedly. Just saying, you suck. <laughs> like, yeah. Right, just don't even bother wrestling. Just go away. <laughs> well, there was one. They got they got thrown out. They showed up at the arena and we got thrown out of the arena because we were like. Just yeah, basically ripping on everyone. Yeah, that's yeah. a conspiracy. Conspiracy well, made him change it up. Whatever it was. <laughs> but, again, Ash. <laughs> they, they, they never... They need to just stick with it. And if Because, it's like you say, there's a couple there that they've got the chance to do something with. I don't think the Dusty Classic is going to do what they, I think they think it's going to do. I think they believe that oh, it's going to put over one of the actual tag teams that's in it like really you know put them yeah. like on like another level type thing but at the end of the day any tag team can beat two guys who've just decided they're tag team partners yeah 
if you've been tag teaming for... It's going to be Baron Corbin and the WrestleMania Royal Rumble all over again. Well, Cesaro and the Rumble. Yeah. Right, you've won. Now let's never mention it again. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah, but the WrestleMania Royal Rumble has never made sense because at the end of the day, that should... That per, whoever wins that then needs to go and challenge for something, and they never do. It's, they might win a couple more matches, but they never do anything. Mm. Um, you know, which means the the trophy never meant anything in the first place. <laughs> um, it's just a fucking gimmick match to get everybody a payday. Yeah. Essentially, it's not even on the fucking show now. It's on the pre-show, <laughs> isn't it? It was on the main show this year. Oh, was it? Because they brought Shaquille O'Neal out for it. Oh, God. Oh, I'm waiting for your text that says, fuck this company. <laughs> oh, s- sending, sending. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a fuck this company <laughs> moment. Shaquille O'Neal, the man's been retired 10 years. How much of a celebrity is he now? Exactly. Fucking hell. <laughs> oh. But, yeah. No. Yeah. Anything other tag team wise? No, because like I said, I mean, like I was watching this Chikara pay per view earlier, and obviously there's the tag team champs in that. Yeah. Um, I don't. Is it NRG? Yeah. Yeah. Now they were taking on two guys who weren't a tag team. One guy was making his debut. Um, or at least they said he was. Uh, Hardwood Mahogany. Oh, uh, <laughs> Rich Mahogany. Yeah, this that's like another that's part of another storyline because he's actually Chuck Taylor, right? And there's a, a black guy who has stolen his name of Chuck Taylor, <laughs> right? <laughs> so he's not allowed to be called Chuck Taylor in Chikara. Right. So they have to keep giving him different names. He he walks out. He makes his entrance, and he's like, and he's a tag team partner. Making his debut, Rich Mahogany. You see him there's going. Like, really? That's the best name you could come up with. Right, right. Because that Chuck Taylor guy was on later. Yeah, singing Craig David. Yeah, <laughs> that guy was quite funny. <laughs> Shit, his arrest was quite funny. <laughs> but no, so I mean, again, that, I suppose that's where they struggle again because you don't have established tag teams in indies really. I can't mm. think of many, and then they always taking on like a combination of two random guys. Yeah. So you've got the odd couple, but it's like the problem with Chikara is a bit niche because the guys that wrestle for Chikara, chances are they don't wrestle elsewhere. Right. There's like the ants, and you have like there's the Pateri. They might do, I don't, but mm. it's never. As far as I'm aware, you don't get them wrestling outside of Chikara. Right, they right. Do under different gimmick or something yeah yeah but you have like low size creams you have the the ants the they well, the colony right you have um nrg whatever they're called um there's the assyrian portal i think they're called so oh mm. well, i mean it's not like they can just go out and say right i'm gonna pluck this tag team from this indie and yeah. s- stick them in everybody knows who they are and just build them up mm. so Whereas they can do that with wrestlers, like they have done, yeah, yeah, 
Like everybody knew who Kevin Owens was when he came in. We all knew he was Kevin Steen, so he straight away already has a built fan base. Yeah. Um, same with Sami Zayn. Everybody knew he was El Generico. Uh, yeah, etc. Allegedly, 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 etc. <laughs> etc. Et but you, there aren't tag teams that you can do that with. So you have. To, it's like almost like they have to try and build them from the beginning. Yeah. Um, for us to get to know them and again because they don't spend enough time doing that or there isn't enough established tag teams for them to go over on mm-hmm. you, you, you're you less likely to buy into them and that's why they're less likely to keep them around as long because if if you've beaten everybody who, there is then what's left for you to do yeah. other than lose to somebody who you've already beaten so then you'll lose to them, and then you either stay as a tag team and work your way back up and yeah. fight for the titles again, or you end up getting beat by a team that is brand new that apparently has suddenly has such great chemistry from out of nowhere. Yeah. And it's like, well, I'm going to blame you, so I'm going to attack you, and I'm going to go heal, and you can go face, yeah. and then nobody will care. <laughs> or as uh, Coxie would say, the crowd will go mild. <laughs> When did I say that? <laughs> I probably have actually at some point. And the crowd goes mild. <laughs> but yeah, no. Again, it's something that we'd like to see them build up because yeah. the glory days, uh, the Edge in Christian, Dudley Big Boys, news. Hardy Boys, that like trifecta feud. Yeah. And. Because there were always like even when you you can even add in Chuck and Billy in there, why not? When they eventually came along, mm. that they were all that different. They could have matches like separate matches and still be entertaining. Yeah. Whereas nowadays, you don't you there's like two maybe three tag teams. You think, all oh, right, yeah, they're actually like legitimately good tag teams, and then yeah. there's the job of tag teams who just get beat, and yeah. then there's the guys who they randomly pull together to face these tag teams. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, James Elworth and his dog versus yeah. the New Day, why not? Or versus the Ascension, because we need to build them back up, so we're going to have this jobber A and jobber B. And you're not going to get an entrance, and we're going to forget what your last name is, so we're going to call you A, and we're going to call you 2, <laughs> or whatever. So, yeah. It's like when they put... Um watching old WCWs like you see Disco Inferno and Alex Wright yeah which they, but they were around the tag team they always used to come out separately but then I'll get rid of Wikipedia they referred to as the dancing idiots <laughs> <laughs> but there you go how does the tag team come out to two separate entrances yeah you know it's like when they do that stupid thing where they have like the champion and the number one contender face the tag team champions and they win. Yeah. And they always win and then they drop the belt back to the people they beat the next week. Yeah. It's like, what was the they what got was around, the, got the, the turn at some point? They'll win the belts a week later. Oh, the, the rematch rematch clause in our contract. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, oh, going for the tag and it's, oh, screw you, I'm going home, see you on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> it's stupid. Stupid. I mean, all you're like, doing is... Oh, you betrayed me. It's like, you're facing him in a week, mate. Yeah. Of course it was going to happen. Well, <laughs> again, the worst part about it is you just kill whatever heat the tag team had. Yeah. You kill whatever you've done to build them up for the sake of that. 
Fuck it. <laughs> like I say, I don't think breaking a tag team up has ever worked. Yeah. And ever got anybody over. So, oh, when they broke the Hardy Boys up, and then Jeff went on to main event, and <coughs> Matt Hardy got the Cruiserweight title, but had the best gimmick of all time. Be one <laughs> <laughs> I did like the Matt facts. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, Matt doesn't like mustard. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, I was saying before we came on, there's like the um, Spoonie at MAGFest, the Wrestle Wrestle panel from yeah, yeah. 2010. And when you turn them to TNA, and he's got his like, bre- like dreadlocks in, he's like, I'm eating grapes. <laughs> yeah. And everyone thought it was Tyler Rex. Yeah, they did. <laughs> But the problem is, he's there like, I'm eating grapes. Turn up with a gut. <laughs> Good grape gut there, mate. <laughs> a grape gut? I've never heard of one of them. Delete, delete, delete. <laughs> what now? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, moving on to the next one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm just looking. Go on. Chicken scratches compared to mine. <laughs> um, there's one, because we both listen to podcasts. Yeah. I think Apple listen to a hell of a lot more than you. Probably. But, looking at my list, but there's something that's pissing me off currently right. is oversaturation. Okay. So, say you've been in the business yeah. for three, four years. Yeah. You've done your gimmick, you've done your time. Yeah. They weren't going to... Creative has nothing for you. Yeah. But we wish you the best in your future endeavours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you've gone, well, I'm a pissed off about that. Yeah. I'm going to start a podcast. Yeah. You, you, you're leaning towards the Ryback podcast, I'm guessing. Ryback, Aldo Rose. Adam Rose. He has a podcast. Yeah, oh, for fuck's sake. But not only that, but just like, it's this thing of like, fair enough, like Austin started it. Yeah. Essentially. And Austin's are quite entertaining. Yeah. On most of them. When it's like, it's someone I know or something I'm yeah. sort of wanting to listen to rather than talk to like, I'm talking to a Navy SEAL about my knife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, there's one like, Teddy Fowler's to like, and he did like a Q&A one where he's talking about like, the Hell in a Cell and mm-hmm. um, some of his prior history like if his yeah. theme was different and stuff right right if the pile driver didn't happen would he yeah would he change his style and stuff but it was like Ryback's he set it up because he was pissed off at the business or pissed right. off at the same with Adam Rose like, I'm going to talk about things in the business but then the problem is with that as well as like Colt Cabana started it as well I guess mm, yeah but then you have like Flair did one well Flair has one Jericho has one Rick Jim Ross has one Rick Flair has one um, Ruddy Piper had one. Ruddy Piper had one, yeah. And the thing we both noticed from the get go when like Austin started getting guests on, he's like, Oh my guest this week is Jim Ross. Following mm-hmm. Jim Ross is my guest this week is Steve Austin. Like, but you were just a guest on his a week ago. Yeah. How is this gonna be any different? Mm-hmm. And it's not. Yeah. <laughs> well Well, you've you've answered your own question there, really, because it the problem is, is these guys feel like they need a platform. They need a and platform. somebody gives them one is the problem. Yeah. Like, like Stone Cold Steve Austin did start with the podcasting thing. And for a while, it was very entertaining. Um, 
because every show was different. And then you started doing two shows a week. Fine, I understand you want one. Because it was a request. Essentially, somebody said, look, I, I want my kids to be able to listen to what yeah. you're saying and if you're swearing a lot I'm not, I'm not comfortable with that yeah. so would you do a family family one he said yeah um, but it was all of a sudden once that because that had found some success everybody tries and jumps on the bandwagon yeah yeah like I'm like I think it was Jericho's who, which was next and then it was um, Jim Ross and then it was Roddy Piper and now, say now you've got Flair you've got Ryback Adam Rhodes um, Jim Cornette's got one. Vince Russo's got one. And they do just end up talking to each other. Yeah. And this is why I stopped listening to re- to, to wrestling wrestlers wrestling podcasts. Because I'd sit there and I'd listen to Stone Cold Steve Austin talk to Paul Heyman. And then a week later I'd be listening to Jim Ross talk to Paul Heyman about the same thing yeah. that Stone Cold Steve Austin just spoke to him about. So I'm listening to the same conversation twice, or I'd be listening to, like I'd be listening to Stone Cold Steve Austin talk to Colt Cabana, and then a week later on Colt Cabana's podcast, I'd be listening to Colt Cabana talk to Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'd be like, "Well, I've already listened to one of these shows, yeah. so I know exactly what's going to happen. I know exactly what you're going to say." Or I'd be listening. Like the problem I had with Stone Cold Steve Austin doing two shows, it's because he started to do a lot of the Q and A stuff, and one guy would be like. Oh, WrestleMania 17 was like, you know, that was a really yeah. bad decision. Did it cost you a lot of money? And they go, oh, yeah, yeah, it did. And then a week later, he'd have a question and he'd be like, oh, WrestleMania 17, yeah. uh, did that cost you a lot of money? And he'd just be like, yeah, did you not listen to the last show? Yeah. And it was like. Well, I explained it on the last show, but I'll explain it again. Yeah. Since you, you probably didn't listen. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, either the, 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 the people, like you say, either the people aren't listening or asking the questions or they're that thick, they can't think of anything else to ask. Yeah. So they ask the same question over and over again. Mm. And, no offence America, your IQ ain't that great. Fucking Donald Trump, come on people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just end up with the same questions being asked to the same people over and over again. And it's boring. Yeah. So you, you, you lose interest. Oh, Ryback's pissed off at the business. I couldn't care less. He was fucking shit. Yeah. Did he do anything? No. Was he ever over? No. Why am I listening to this guy? Yeah. Adam Rhodes even worse. He's gonna be lasted like a week. Yeah. And everybody thought he was gonna get the bunny was gonna turn on him. Who cares? But it's that thing though of like once you've left and yeah. say these guys start like podcasts, like they can only talk. So like to be the re guys, yeah. I think Jericho is the sort of like standout of that because he's contracted. Or yeah, like, he has like Kevin Kevin Owens on. Yeah, but that's, I think that's possibly like in kayfabe, possibly. Right, yeah, yeah. He's like my friend Kevin Owens yeah, on yeah. the show, sort of thing. But it's like it could be like uh, Vince Russo goes on Austin's podcast. Yeah, talking about oh this week's Raw, this happened and yeah, they do this, they've done this with Roman Reigns, and then he goes on to like. Jim Jim uh, Ross's podcast talks about the same thing. Yeah, I watched it this week, but didn't think that was a great. Roman Reigns did this, shouldn't have done this and that. And it's yeah. Like, well, I mean, it's... if you're going to do stuff like that, get them all in a room. Yeah, all these people who, yeah. and then have them sit there and do and review the big pay per views. Mm. 
I'm not saying I'm going to listen to it, but they can sit there and I bet the conversation would actually be quite interesting about their opinions on what they should do with certain wrestlers and how they're going about it and why they think it's wrong and stuff like that. That might be interesting. But it'd work better for me if they just sort of spaced it out. So it's like, all right, we've got Vince Russo on Steve Austin's this week. Mm-hmm. In three months' time, Austin's going to go on his. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. But to have him on one week and the following week, oh, I'm going to be on his. Go yeah. listen to that one. Yeah. No, you're all right. <laughs> well, it's the same with chat shows back in the night. Like, well, I was saying 90s. Yeah. Everybody had a chat show. Yeah. And I'd be a chat show host interviewing a chat show host and then a week later I'd be on that chat show host chat yeah. show talking about my chat show and it was like yeah it, you just end up with the same shit over and over again yeah. and it becomes boring it becomes tedious so I, I don't the only wrestling podcast I listen to I listen to the AE podcast the OSW podcast and our podcast um, in terms of wrestling Um the reason why I listen to the OSW podcast and the Attitude Era podcast are because they are talking about something I enjoyed as a kid yeah. or something I'm interested in learning about. And like they have the odd little like tidbit thrown in that you wouldn't you know, that you wouldn't remember from back then. Mm. But the, the they have a chemistry that's entertaining. Whereas, like, Jim Ross whining and complaining because he got fired and then uh-huh. complaining because a 10-punch exposes the business. Uh, no, it's not for me. Not interested. But it's, I switched off from Jim Ross's when it was, I was listening to one and it was, the first, it was an hour and a half show. Yeah. The first half an hour is nothing but adverts. Fucking hell. Yeah. Well, he's like, brief bit of football... And it's like, oh, I've got to cover my sponsors here. Talking about talking, doing the adverts. Yeah. Bit more on our guests this week. Oh, here's some more adverts. Bit more football. Here's another advert. Right, now time for our guests. It's like, that's just half an hour gone. Mm. For, them, for them to chat for like 40 minutes. Yeah. And then spend the last 10 minutes wrapping up and doing like more sponsors. It's like, oh. Yeah. Pull the trigger. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, again, that's something else with podcasts is people when you when they start having to have advertisements yeah people start to turn off because and it's like a catch 22 you can either have listeners or you can have adverts mm. and it's whatever's going to make you the most money jim ross must make money because of the adverts you know i know steve austin does a bit with his or at least when i used to listen to it he had like a little bit about his sponsors but it was always at the end of the show and by which point I'm turning it off anyway because yeah. I, he's told me it's the end of the show so I'm going to turn it off yeah yeah. I noticed that with Austin a lot there's sometimes like five minutes left he's like oh come up to the end of the show but before I go I want to thank my sponsors thank you for listening all this and then yeah. it's like right so listen that, back to him just do it more it's like it's oh just on the Steve Austin show it's like well Mark has played bye yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I know the, the problem with the sponsorship is like they do get they get paid for it so it can cover fee like yeah. no doubt their producer and stuff but they have to charge a fee yeah and things like that so it's it's like if I ever if this gets bigger I'll probably start using and bringing adverts in to make money off it to cover expenses yeah yeah but well, again that, that makes sense <laughs> yeah but like a lot of the in fact I'm trying to think all of the podcasts I listen to except one 
doesn't have adverts. Mm. And the other, the one that I listened to that I say that I'm not including, it doesn't have adverts because it's off the TV anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, it's. Like I say, there's there's too many, and if it was up to me, you'd stick them all in a room and they'd do one thing. <laughs> do one podcast each month yeah. and talk about the business currently. And if they want to do sit and do a Q&A, do it every now and again. Mm. But, like, part of the reason why I stopped listening to Steve Austin podcast is was, like, I don't really have any guests, I don't really have anyone to talk to, so, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking out the window <laughs> and it looks kind of grey out. Uh, I'm going to phone Teddy because I'm bored. <laughs> Teddy! <laughs> Slept with any hookers recently? <laughs> we were sort of thinking like, what is it? Um, oh, Teddy is not on Skype, but I'm sitting here with Hershey the Wonder Dog, and I've got a margarita in my hand. Yeah, Christ- Kristen's away on business somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, yeah, I'm going to tell you about like my day. It's not even like he's telling us about something that's happened <laughs> on set. Got up, did a workout, did some work. Yeah. Yeah, I'm mentioning about three fifty now. Ed White, Ed White, or whatever. It's yeah. um, cut the weight about two two fifty, two fifty five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like that one where I told you last 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 month. Where he's like, I went to, he went to a clock factory to make like a neon clock. Yeah, and he's walking around the factory with the guy who makes them, asking him how they're made and that because all he wants to make one himself. <laughs> I say, uh, <laughs> this is a wrestling podcast, folks. You know, that's not, you know, they're not talking about wrestling. Yeah. He's talking about how to make a clock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the look on Bunkle's face now is just... It's pure unbelief. <laughs> it's, you know, but, and I'm not slating still called Steve Austin because I love the guy, but yeah, I can't, I can't <laughs> listen to his podcast anymore. I can't, I can't do it to myself. Oh dear. Uh, <laughs> one on from that, I've got storylines that went too far. So do you mean that they had an ending and then they decided to drag them out for another month? Or do that, you, or do you well, mean, or do you mean like ones that were like ones that were like ooh, like the Eddie Guerrero trying to get custody of yes. Rey Mysterio's son? Yes. Before, of course, the the tragedy happened and then Rey Mysterio got his push. Yes. Mm, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. No. Yeah, I agree with that. Like Snitsky punting the the, the baby. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> That's one. Yeah. Anything like that with you, you know, like miscarriages and shit. No. <laughs> Katie Vick. Yeah. Katie Vick, another one. <laughs> Necrophilia, yeah, that's a, that's a, something we can joke about. Yeah, there was one back in the day. Is it DX? Randomly got this, had this girl back in like in their room or something like that, and they they made it seem like they raped her, but she's fine with it because the DX. Possibly. And just kind of kicked her out. Is it the one where they're doing the, the press conference thing? Oh, he's I don't. Like, he's like, oh. No, that was he's saying about the, the uh, playing a game or something. There was I remember something briefly about that, but I can't remember it. Yes, yeah. the one that stands off now is like Pillman's got a gun. <laughs> yeah, you mean when Austin tries to break into his house? <laughs> when Austin does break into his house. Well, yeah, 
But the fact he's sat there looking paranoid as fuck, holding the gun like probably close to his chest. Yeah. It's like, it's like so why have you let cameras into your home, Brian? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> how did the camera guy get in? It's like, oh, you're, you're waiting for Stone Cold to turn up. He's yeah. like, yeah. But he's not going to get in, though. <laughs> Fucking retard. <laughs> but, yeah, storylines like that, like, it's not necessary. Like, they did... I remember the the miscarriage angle with Terry Runnels and D'Lo and whoever Terry Runnels' partner was in PMS. Jackie. Might have been. But basically, they blame D'Lo for her losing the baby anyway. It says that she was never pregnant in the first place. Yeah. But they blame D'Lo and this is apparently supposed to get D'Lo over and get him a push. Because then, because he caused her to have a miscarriage, he had to accept them both as his managers. Right. That's the storyline. <laughs> That's a story. That's it. Who books this shit? <laughs> oh wait, I can see a text coming through now. Fuck this company. <laughs> We're probably dealer who booked it. <laughs> um, but again, as far as like storylines have gone too far, family should never really be brought into it. Yeah, man's done it all through his fucking career. Um, you know, like having Stephanie fucking get married to Triple H, passed out in a car, and all that <laughs> shit. Yeah. Now I understand you're pissed off that Shawn Michaels fucked her. Was it Shawn Michaels? Randy Savage. I think. Randy Savage. One of the two. Yeah. Well, they, they played house with the uh, <laughs> the original rumor I heard that read online somewhere. Oh right, I could have sworn it were Michaels, and that's why he was pissed off. Or did he give a coke or something? No, that was uh, Raven and Sh- Shane, possibly. Oh, I don't know, but. Anyway, family doesn't need to be brought into it. Babies don't need to be brought into it. The Snitsky point in the baby thing, like, because he caused Lita's miscarriage from Kane's baby, which says something about how the storyline started. <laughs> um, it, yeah. How, how that was supposed to be the, this guy's big break and get him over. Now... The claiming it wasn't your fault, fine. But then punting a doll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A child doll. Randomly backstage or where it was. It was on like the main, on the floor. Yeah. Right. right. Well, there you go. Seriously. Not only who books the shit, but I'm surprised he didn't lose TV revenue. Yeah. And like, he didn't have networks going ballistic. Like, we had, you know, I mean, they had, back in the Attitude Era, they had the whole, like, you know, parents kicking off and them having to do, like, you know, and then yeah. they'd rather ride to Sensor Gimmick to try and play yeah. it up. But, seriously? Like, this, that must have been 10 years after the Attitude Era and they were still doing it. 2005, 2006, I think it was. Oh. Maybe 2007 at a push. Yeah, but still. Why, what, what could... What makes you think that that's something people want to see or people want to think has happened? It's giving wrestling a bad name. It's giving your company a bad name. Mm. Um, the whole Katie Vick rape angle, well, dead body rape, yeah. necrophilia angle. <laughs> really? <laughs> Triple H fought the show. That's, he must have done. Well, he was involved in it. Well, yeah, but that's what I mean. <laughs> but what does that say about Triple H? You're one fucked up man. You, 
Seriously? <laughs> Do you not remember hearing that story? I think it's on like the McMahon family DVD. Right. It's like when Stephanie was pregnant with her first kid and Vince pitched the angle that it'd be his. That's why wrestling's fucked up. <laughs> she turned it down, of course. Oh, but it, I'm glad he, she fucking he, did. He pitched the angle to her. That's just... That would have been fucking... Disgusting. Yeah. I think if if it did happen, it was like they would have just sort of sunk and never recovered. Yeah, there was no way that right, business it's... would come back from that. The business was looking to come back from the whole "I'm selling my business to Donald Trump" <laughs> shit because in one fucking day, they, did they lose like a hundred points in the stock market or something daft? It fucking fell through the floor. <laughs> It'll probably sink again, no doubt, come November. Why? What happens in November? It's elections, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, But that shouldn't affect the WWE's pricing on the stock market. But, yeah, the fact that it fell so fast. Hmm. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> so his company went from being worth like a billion dollars to being worth like a couple hundred million in one fucking day. The uh, other one, the other story that stands out to me again is from like the Spoonie Magfest panel. Yeah. was uh, where Edge kidnaps Paul Bearer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is this the one where he encases him in concrete or pushes him out into a the road Dudley, the Dudley is encased in concrete I right because that was the whole like Dudley's and Undertaker right angle thing but this is where he kidnaps him and then somehow takes him over to England brings him over to England because he had a, they had a raw taping raw right. taping in England like, okay <laughs> so somehow he's managed to get him like the spoon thing he's managed to get him on a plane yeah over to the UK like Gagged and in a wheelchair. Customs haven't stopped him. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's like they're saying um, Kane or whatever is like trying to go, constantly go after him. He's like, mm. Edge is on Titantron, like, come and get him, Kane, come and get him. Yeah. And he said, like, something happens, like, he'll be down in a wheelchair and, like, a truck will hit him. It's like, it turns out to be a doll. <laughs> but there's a bit where like, they push him over the side of a bridge. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, we'll save you, Paul. And he goes over the bridge and he just looks over and he goes, oh. He's like, Paul Heyman's dead. Paul Bearer's dead, even. <laughs> it's like it's stupid. Yeah, <laughs> it's more the fact they got him, somehow got him out over to the UK. It's like yeah. still kidnapped somehow. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, did we not warn international customs this could happen? <laughs> well, hello. My name is David Hughes, and I'm one half of Moose TV, along with Chris Cassidy. Youngest Baron actor and writer, now stuck with me, talking dribble every week on YouTube. You like interviews with such stars as Paul McCartney and Britney Spears? They're not on this show. But never mind, we'll do our own thing talking to local stars and also film reviews and food reviews and everything else that cheers us up. So please look for Mooch TV on your YouTube box. Mooch TV, the programme to watch when there's nothing else on the telly. Pit pit people. And we're back. Yeah. We had a bit of a break. Yeah. Because your wife's here. She is. <laughs> Sat in the background. Yeah. Trying to be quiet, eating a sandwich. <laughs> we'll no Hi, doubt. Katie. Hi, Katie. <laughs> we'll no doubt get a passing comment at some point. Of course. <laughs> but then the problem is I can edit it out, so. Very true. <laughs> I control so- this shit. <laughs> I run this shit. <laughs> 
Uh, moving on, I bought you some DVDs. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I say bought them. There we go. So this is your homework now. Yeah. You and Kay. <laughs> <laughs> Pulling your face. So I've got, we've got you. I'll go through in order. You've got November, November 95, which looks alright on the card. Who's on it? Quite a few people. What? <laughs> Quite a few people. I'm not going to tell you any of the matches, but a few. Steve Austin, Mackie Whitbreak. Steve Austin with hair, actually. Fucking hell. That'll be interesting in itself. Actually, I think I've seen part of that match. You probably have. Oh, two called Scorpio. He's on. He's quite good as well. Cactus Jack's in it. Yeah. Cool. Then you got Heatwave '98, which has Masato Tanaka and Mike Awesome. Which we both know is going to be amazing. I think you've seen that one before. I probably have seen. I think I've shown you this show before. I think I have seen the show. When they kill each other, oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Unprotected chair shots all round. (laughs) Best way, mate. (laughs) Then you got the uh, Anarchy Rules '99, which has Taz, Masato Tanaka, and Mike Awesome in a triple threat. Jesus! Again, they're just going to kill each other. Uh, you got November, remember 2000, which has Nova Chris Che, which is pretty good from what I remember. And you got Sam and Carino, Credible, and Jerry Lynn in a double jeopardy. Alright. And you got the last one, which is Guilty of Charles 2001, which has Rob Van Damme, Jerry Lynn, which is from Bloody Good. Right, right. So. I've not seen it. Loads of viewing hours for you there, Katie. We'll convert you yet, don't worry. <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to it. Loads of stuff I haven't seen. But, again, I've not seen that much of ECW stuff, to be honest, which is kind of the idea behind starting to watch some of these. Yeah. Um, after Coxie's uh, binge the other day. <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I mean, I was. It kind of came about because I was listening to the OSW podcast, actually. Yeah. And I start and like, I think I've listened to every single episode now, but I only started listening to it like a month ago. Yeah, and I, like a few hundred though. Yeah. <laughs> I just gone back in time and started listening to them. So, but I listened to them in the, in the like, because once they'd finished doing the Hulkamania era, chronolog, you know, the chronologically critiquing right. it. They started taking storylines yeah. and sets of shows. So, like, they did one free CW. So, they did the first ever. They did their first ever pay per view. Um, just can't remember the name of it. Battle Legal. Yeah. So, they did the first ever pay per view. Then they did the highest grossing ever pay per view, which is Heatwave '98. Yeah. Then they did. It's uh, I thought that one saved. <laughs> then they did um, one night stand. Yeah. And then they did the first ever episode of ECW on Sci-Fi. Oh dear. <laughs> Lest we forget. Um, but yeah, it was. But I like from, coming from listening to them shows. I was I was just like I always. Like I've seen a few ECW pay-per-views and whatnot with yourself, mm-hmm. but never actually 
followed the storylines and stuff like that. And a lot of them, like they were saying, that they quite enjoyed some of the storylines and stuff, even though the matches might not necessarily be my style. Yeah. The style that I enjoy. Um, you're always going to have somebody like Lance Storm on there who works that kind of slow that technical style. So you're going to get something that you enjoy <laughs> in each show. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, as long as I don't have to watch too many Rey Mysterio matches, I'll be yeah. done. They buggered off in like 96, I think. So the one there's pretty good, though, but it's all you flipping yeah. yippy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Psychosis. <laughs> flip de doos. Yeah. Flip de doo, bro. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Falling from that, we've got um, <laughs> your boy, Noam. Yeah. Yeah, his last India appearance. Before going and signing with the big leagues. Yeah. Well, like we said in the last show, I mean, congrats to him. He's come at like a perfect time for him, really, because even if he if he goes there, learns their way, and it doesn't work out for him, he's that young. He can come back, yeah. rebuild, like, you know, continue over here, and then rebuild himself and go back there again yeah. later on. Because, I mean, he's only in his early 20s. 24. Three, I think. You know, so he's got the so. time on his side is so it, it's so good for him to be there at this moment in time. There are people who've spent their whole lives and never got there, yeah, and you know worked their asses off but never got there. Um, you know, or if they do, they get there in like you know they're reaching their late thirties, and your time in this business is is limit is limited. Yeah. You know, so your time at the top's even more fat, you know, finite, so to speak. But it depends what they do with him. Uh, I noticed that, like, uh, quite a few of the um, guys who are in the cruiserweight tournament are now in the tag team tournament. The guy who won the cruiserweight classic, TJ Perkins, seems. Well, I've I've, I've heard mainly negative reviews. <laughs> Um, and I'm guessing a lot of people were pissed off because they didn't put it on Ibushi like everybody thought they would. <laughs> there was the thought of that, but then the problem was he doesn't want to sign full time with him. I think if he had done, he would have won it. Uh, same as Zack Sabre, he didn't want to sign, or he hasn't signed yet. Right. So I think that TJ Perkins is willing to sign. Yeah. That's that well. And put the belt on him. Yeah. That's understandable because I mean you that. <clears throat> You, you want to build a brand around somebody. You want to build like this division around someone. Then, if the guy isn't willing to commit to you, then why should you commit to them? Yeah, um, that makes complete sense. Um, I don't know why they wouldn't want to sign because I would guess they would make more money. But then again, I don't know. They spend a lot of time in Japan, and I know it's big over there. It's big money in Japan, right? Um, but I'm. You've got the freedom to work the dates you want and stuff. Yeah. So it's yeah. Well, where, where you can work where and when you want and charge what you want. Yeah. And of course, you're always gonna. Yeah. Which, like I say, if you've got that freedom, it makes sense. Like, like you say, I know, I know they make big money over in Japan, but if you're making big money and able to work whenever you want to work, and able to do essentially whatever shows you want to do then yeah. why would you give that up to go on the road with WWE every week yeah. or more likely just get squirreled away down in Florida for the next year mm-hmm. because you haven't done your time 
in NXT yet. And it's like mm, you yeah. have to learn to look, look at the hard camera. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have to learn to do it the WWE way, which you know for these guys, it's not. <laughs> it's not to say it's not right, but it's taking somebody who's you know great at their craft and then saying, yeah, but you're not WWE style. <laughs> You have to do it our way. Yeah, <laughs> which again, I don't, I don't think it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Let's flip the news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, on to wrestling, Rushmores. Who would be your in your Rushmore or Mount Rushmore? I see. This is a difficult one because <laughs> I've always because I try and think about it as like it's like your mantelpiece. Yeah. And it's like, um, so if I had like a mantelpiece, which was made out of marble or whatever, and I had to carve four wrestlers' faces into it, who would I carve into it? Mm -hmm. Or who would I have carved into it? Um, Now, obvious number one for myself would be Kurt Angle. Right. Um, You see, this is, and like immediately I'm kind of like, Stuck with like a multitude of guys, almost. Like I consider put, you'd, I'd think I'd probably put Stone Cold Steve on Steve Austin on there. I'd probably put The Rock on there, just because, again, they're both massively over. Both yeah. were, you know, kind of who who I grew up watching, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But. Again, then is that is that enough reason for me to put it on it? Should I put on, should I put guys that meant more just to me personally on there rather than the guys who are massively over? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but if it were, if with your Rushmore, mm. well, how would you think? How would you go about it? Who'd be on yours? Oh shit! Foley's <laughs> going to be one, I'm guessing. Yeah. But then, would you do the would you do the four faces of Foley and just have a Foley one? Because you could do Foley, Mankind, Cactus Jack, Dude Love. Oh, don't do this to me. Change the game now, mate. <laughs> I didn't think this far ahead. I'm like Cyrus and Connor. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a route I'd possibly look at going down, but then it's all on the show with one yeah. level of a personality, sort of thing, or one level of my love of wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Um, See, I've not thought this far ahead. <laughs> Pressure on me now. What? <laughs> Heel turn. Heel turn? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, like... Like, obviously, I love that technical style and whatnot. So, I've got Kurt Angle on there for that. Who else have I enjoyed watching over the years? And, you know, like... Almost have I enjoyed more than... I don't know, like other people is kind of the way I go about it. Um, like when I first started watching TNA, I loved AJ Styles, mm-hmm. and that was the reason why I tuned into TNA. So I could probably I could probably put AJ Styles on there, but then would I put Christopher Daniels on there instead because it was the same reasons? That match from two thousand five. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so stop kicking me. <laughs> so yeah, 
so you know it's it's, it's kind of how you it's how you view what should be on there yeah um like uh, like I mean uh, you could just go down the route of having great wrestlers or massively over wrestlers or something like that like a lot of people I bet a lot of people have put Eddie Guerrero on there but if you actually go back and watch Eddie Guerrero matches Eddie Guerrero has the same match pretty much every week week in week out it's the same match with the same spots because there's the spots that he likes to do and the spots that work for him and it makes sense because you should have a move set that you should stick to yeah but if I'm watching, I'm a dumb- sure there's a couple of with Flair in the last one. Yeah, it's like the same, like you know, Clarence Temple and Orson thrown off. Yeah, yeah. And- or they'll do the whip into the turnbuckle and they'll do the up and over. Yeah, yeah, it is. But so I'm thinking in terms of my Mount Rushmore: Kurt Angle, The Miz from his WWE title run. Um, Michael Cole. Really? What? From the whole heel Michael Cole angle? <laughs> shoelace. God. He wasn't shoelace. Uh... <laughs> I'm undefeated at WrestleMania. Um, <coughs> Leader of the coal miners. <laughs> yeah, in the coal mine. <laughs> The coal mine was amazing. <laughs> but, so that leaves me with one. With one spot. Pick one of your boys. <laughs> See, put, your stable of boys. I could put someone from the stable of boys on there. You put James Elworth in, Elworth in there, <laughs> Kate's a shield of water. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't put Gold James Elworth on there. <laughs> I don't know, I'm trying to think of somebody who... Has always stood out and like something I've always like enjoyed as like a character or whatnot. Because obviously, like Kurt Angle, it's for the wrestling. Miz, it was for the the character. Well, Miz, I suppose it was the character. It was like it was the promos and the whole "I'm awesome" thing, and you know, which he's kind of gone back to now, which is cool. Um, And then Michael Cole, because it was hilarious. It was brilliant. I'm sorry, it just was. <laughs> just cheering on every show, <laughs> on every match. <laughs> um, and yeah, I suppose I'll probably go AJ Styles then. It's my last one. Mm. Not that I've watched any of his WWE run. Yeah. Not said any of it. Just just based on the early days in TNA when I first put TNA on because I didn't know what it was. It was back on. Was it back on the wrestling channel? Yes. It was on the wrestling channel. Didn't know what it was. Never watched it. Just stuck it on. and was like, right, see what this is about. And they were showing old Ring of Honor on there as well. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it just it just poses just like his character kind of caught my eye. I know he was being pushed towards the title at that time. He might have even been the champion TNA. Um, unfortunately, feuding with Jeff Jarrett. Um, but yeah, I suppose I'd I'd have. I'd, Right now, at this moment in time, that's kind of what I'd go with, but it might change next week. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's part of the problem with having a wrestler one, because you're going to have certain people who stay set, almost set in stone, and then it's going to change. Yeah. So go on then, who's on yours? 
Well, I'm just going to go for like one of the incarnations of Foley. So which one was your favourite? Probably Cactus Jack. Really? Yeah. I just thought the love would be all that because it was just different. So different to the other characters. No, but I like the hardcore style. Yeah, so yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, Austin, no, Rock. I'd read the Rock. You're with the Rock over Austin. Yeah. Ah, fair enough. Sold my soul. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's just for a commentary, and I'd probably have to go with Jim Ross. But I, I, I shoot here with Jim Ross. Yeah. When it was. When it was good. Yeah. Before, yeah. The thing is, Jim Ross is like. Jim Ross is probably the most polarising one. Lawler, everybody knows, is bad and has always been bad. Um, doesn't show up with any notes, doesn't really care. Um, I thought you'd put Joey Styles ahead of Jim Ross. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, Joey Styles. You put Joey Styles ahead of him. <laughs> Joey yeah. Styles on his own in ECW was yeah. always great. Um, to go for someone current, probably Shinsuke Nakamura. All oh, right, right. So. Again, I've not seen I've not seen any of the NXT stuff recently, yeah. but um, I've heard good things. We were studio with Joe, yeah. So I assume he's going to go over Joe at the next pay per view, and then Joe will end up on SmackDown. Probably, probably SmackDown knowing Joe. Yeah. So. Yeah. Who are your Rushmores? <laughs> no, that'd be Comment. interesting. Yeah, <laughs> let us know. The problem is, it's part of the debate going, you can't have them in there. It's like, you can. You can have whoever you want on it. Yeah. Like, I was tempted to say something like Steve Blackman. <laughs> because Steve Blackman, back in the day, though we never did anything, yeah, Steve Blackman's a boy. Because Steve Blackman never held a world title or anything like that. And, but Stay with the boys. His style was so different to everybody else's. Yeah, Ken Shamrock. He could be on there. Steve Blackman. Steve Blackman. Boy. <laughs> Just a thought. Surprised you didn't have um, Kevin Nash in. <laughs> Kevin Nash <laughs> commentary. Kevin Nash is my commentator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a man who cannot touch another man. I could have done, but they only last for like two nights. <laughs> I think it's one. It's like an episode of Thunder. On to the good stuff now. Match we've reviews. We've got some match reviews slash breakdowns. Right. Which one are we doing first? Well, I wrote, because I thought chronologically, I did okay. Triple H fully first. Right, okay. So, yeah. these were matches were based on what we discussed in the last podcast where yeah. everybody says that the, well, or at least Foley and the WWE saying that the best hardcore match ever was the Edge Foley match from WrestleMania how 22. Wrong he is. And yeah, how wrong they are. <laughs> um, right, so Trips and Cactus Jack. I have my like 10 pages of notes. <laughs> I got a two and a half for this one. But it's literally just calling it play by play. Yeah, a lot of what I've got is play by play. Do you want. Did you want to discuss the promo video first? Well, I've got... There's the build-up first. Yeah. Because there's the bit... Because I've got the Mick Foley DVDs, the mm-hmm. cheap pop, Hard Knocks cheap pops one. All right, yeah. And he's talking about the build-up to this match. Right. But it's 
where it's on the SmackDown. And it's, right. They got he got beaten as Mankind on Raw. Yeah, left bloodied and that. Yeah, comes out in the same shirt. Yeah, he's like, well, Mankind can't beat you. Yeah, dude, Love's not got a chance. Yeah, yeah. But this guy has. I think you know him. Takes yeah. his mask off, shirt open. But it's that thing of like he's, he's saying on it. He's like, at that point, Trips could just gone. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, mate. Yeah. But he sold the look of shock and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Captain Shack beat him in 97 on an episode of Raw. Right, okay. That was when the whole, the three of them were signed at the same time. Right, right. Which is quite funny. But, um, and then, I watched, well, I watched the start of the pay-per-view because it has the, like the build-up. Like the promo video. Yeah. Yeah. But it's showing stuff from Captain Shack in Japan. Yeah. And it shows like the bits from like Raw 97 intertwined back and forth between that like the same why it's why they show the street fight and stuff yeah I'll say I mean that's I think that's kind of what I saw though The I saw the one that was just before the match yeah. Um so it didn't show that much of his stuff in Japan it did like show a couple of things almost like paying homage to it so to speak but I, I thought that was a re- that was a really good idea actually it was quite well done because one of the things that I got from it is that Foley wasn't really being like considered like a threat Um, and like they fired him and then there was like they had the daft you know fake mankind on and stuff like that (laughs) and but then you know they they had to still make him seem legit and like like he was actually a threat to Triple H which is like with the whole reveal of the shirt and the Cactus Jack thing which and like you know, harking back to the days from like when he did the death matches and all that yeah. stuff in Japan and whatnot, and it was like, yeah, actually, you forget that Mick Foley can just take pain mm-hmm. and like you know dish it back out type of thing. You almost forget what he what he's like. So, uh, yeah, I thought it it did a really good job of building him up. You know, because I thought that was something that they really kind of needed to do. I remember it had me thinking he could actually win it. Yeah. Because it was the first one they had on Channel 4, which I didn't have to watch because we had school the following day, so <laughs> I taped it. I set the time on that on the BCR. <laughs> well, the other thing is, I mean, like even just as the opening to the match, uh, before it even starts, when Triple H sends Stephanie back to the back, yeah, makes it seem legit. Mm. Like he's actually like, well, no, you can't be out <laughs> here because this could end up going not my way yeah. type of thing so that was really good so yeah at the start of the match so there's the same bit in this um, where they're having like a little back and forth chat yeah and in the, the DVD um, <laughs> Mick Foley saying he's like he's talking about he's like Oh yeah, I think at this point I was like asking, saying like he had a very, like, very nice cologne on, <laughs> like, asking him what it was and where he could get it from. I was like pulling back the curtain a bit there, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, back and forth to start. I just wrote. I, I put brawl to the outside almost immediately. Yeah, well I put back and forth to start, loads of punches and a neck break on the outside. Yeah, because it was like the swinging neck breaker. Yeah, yeah. Which, but then it also shows you like the, like the the padding on the outside. So then it gets the actual actual rentons right there. No padding there. No. <laughs> uh, 
Back in, well, going back into the ring, got the rope and rope leg drop. Yeah. Which Triple H sold pretty well. I put good, good selling by Triple H. <laughs> Followed by a bell shot. Yeah. Just a clunk. Yeah, unprotected bell shot, unprotected chair shots to follow. <laughs> Full force chair shot, leg drop with chair, two count. Yeah. <laughs> Few kicks, trips to the outside. <laughs> trips go down the barricade, fights through the crowd, leads to unpadded entrance way. Oh, I see. I've got something from the commentary here where um, the King was trying to big up the mean streets of Greenwich where Triple H is from. Probably the meanest street in Greenwich. <laughs> and I pissed myself. <laughs> some, I noticed about the, the entranceway, there's literally it's two up. sets of stairs. Yeah, because it's, it's off to the side though, isn't it? As well, rather than being like where we expect it to be, it's off to like Unlike the hard camera, almost. Yeah, it's a it's a really weird setup, though. MSG. Yeah. Then they did that some some two pounds too. They had the they had the hard camera on the other side. Right, so you're right. Looking at it from the entrance on the right rather than the left. Right. Which is really weird. Yeah. Uh, da, da, pallet suplex, mm-hmm. which is where he splits his leg open. It's pissing blood all up the rest of the match. Yeah, yeah. That was gross. And then Ben, as I noticed, JR says, he's got a, a ca- trash can right to the skull. Yeah. It's like, no, it's his head, mate. Yeah. And I noticed, noted, random piles of bricks. Yeah, I noted a fan <laughs> shouts, Triple H, you pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of made it for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, sc- you screamed in laughter at the, you're a faggot, Rose. <laughs> Because that was brilliant <laughs> to be so clear. <laughs> um, numerous punches by Foley, followed by the faceful dick on the stairs. <laughs> yeah. Captain uh, Jack goes looking for a weapon, pulls out Barbie. Yeah. Um, I've got, I've got, some, I've got some talking to do about that later. <laughs> Well, it's I've noted noted down. It's like he he pulls Barbie out, but then it's like he's one of those he's passed it on multiple times to different mm. people in different companies, and it's like yeah. really, yeah. Is there any need? Well, you see, the thing that pissed me off most about this is the ref getting involved. Yeah, I've noticed this later. I it's, I've I've put Bob Y two before back in the ring. Ref involved. Why? <laughs> well, I thought having to try and stop a noose dot 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 in a street fight. Yeah, but I wouldn't mind. But then Triple H uses it. Doesn't try and stop Triple H from using it. Yeah. No one tries to stop Triple H, but wants to stop Mick Foley from using it. Stupid. Well, Earl Hebner, get off my screen. <laughs> I've got a tri- trips gets the advantage. Two by four to the nuts. Duffel arm two count. Yeah. But then it's when it's like gives it to the Spanish announcer to put it away. And there's something. Yeah. Put, yeah. put it in between the tables, and it's like, where is it? Well, it's not there. You know, yeah. we, we moved out of the way. But here, have this fresh one, which is yeah. another tip one. Right, yeah. right. Oh, I don't know. I know he I know he hits Hugo Sazinovich, is it? Yeah. And then the ref well, gets involved again. If you, if you look at it, the original one, yeah. the bit comes off the top of it. Right. Gets the fresh one. It's like... Oh, right, right. Which is the rubber tip one they use in fractional yeah. grating and shit. Right. Because um, <laughs> I I wrote, barbed bat swap for rubber tipped. Ref bump, barbershop, running barbed wire elbow. I put, um, 
See, the only thing I know is after the ref bump, it was at Trips Blades, and it's freaking gross. <laughs> Well, I remember it's a bit where he's sat on oh, the apron. Oh, and Foley does a karate chop. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> karate chop to the cut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you wouldn't uh, think we actually like this match. <laughs> but I got trips on the apron. He does the whole barbed wire on the forehead thing. Oh, yeah, the cheese grater. But, but then loads of colour on trips. Yeah. Um... Go to the panel drive on the announce table, get to be first. Yeah, uh, this, was that the one on the table? Yes. Yeah. The first one. Foley takes the bump, table doesn't break, just kind of cracks. Yeah. Yeah, it sounded gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, you see, notes trips is like bleeding from the pallet suplex. Yeah. Because it's bad at this point. But he attempts a pedigree with it, gets reversed into a slingshot. Yeah. Followed by a bulldog under the barbed wire. Yeah. I'll just put fuck ton of colour on trip show. <laughs> I see. Um, the right place. Follow my cactus clothesline to the outside. Right, yeah. I know where I am, yeah, it's fine. And then he goes for the. He tries to do something that gets hip tossed to the steps, and you just see his yeah. knee bounce off it. It's like. Uh, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> and then they do the whole. Um, the flippy do. No, 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 because he, he takes that bump into the steps. Yeah. And then... He throws he like, him over the steps. Yeah, and then he does the, the throw like where, where Foley takes the steps to his knees. Yeah. I hate yeah, that the, the flippy do. Yeah, that's just <laughs> gross, though, that bump. Uh, trips carries on the work in the knee, barbed wire shot to the knee, brings out the cuffs. Yeah. Uh, brings the steps in. But gets dropped toe hold, gets dropped toe hold onto them. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> one thing I found funny was the side headbutt to the groin. <laughs> <laughs> and then started biting him. Yeah, uh, I've got the biting bit. Noted chair to the back, cactus to the outside, chair to the head, and then the rock of a chair in big capital letters. <laughs> yeah, I got unprotected head shot. Gross. This is why he's cuffed up in it. Yeah, I hate that because they did that the year before, didn't they, with the Rock? Yes, and nearly killed him. Yeah, and it was just gross. But yeah, Rock shows up with a chair. Random cop unlocks Foley. <laughs> Where'd that cop come from? <laughs> Nobody knows. Cactus starts firing back. Another announce table spot. This time, pound drive, but there's no give. Goes for the bag of thumbtacks. Yep. Back body drop on the thumbtacks. Pedigree not onto the front tax when he kicks out. Yep. Followed by Pedigree on the tax, one, two, three. Done in twenty six fifty five. Yep. I'd say I thought it was a good match. Um it is considered a classic. Um I'm inclined to agree with that thought. Um again it's I don't think it's like the best match either of them have ever had, but it ma- it did a good job of making Foley look like a legitimate threat. Um, yeah. He takes far too many bumps. I think it's Foley's style, and that's why he does it. Um, but I think compared, like I suppose Trips took as, almost as many bumps as he did in this fight, mm. in this match, but. 
it's all like everything Foley does. It's like that he's the only one who runs into the steps like that with his yeah. knees, yeah. and it's just horrible. And they wonder why the man can't walk <laughs> properly now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a good match. It was entertaining. I, you know, I didn't find myself thinking about other things. So I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, it was a good match. It was as good, good as I remember it. Yeah. Um, it's just watching it back then, watching it now, and it's like picking up on bits. It's like, that's not the same battle as before. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're, almost, you're more exposed to the business now, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> but no, I thought it was good. I thought, you know, I didn't think the commentary was bad. I think Foley takes too many unprotected chair shots, but he does in everything he does. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was a good main event. Yeah. You know, a bit too much crowd brawling for me, but... They wanted to, you know, make it that hardcore-y, really. Um, but no, yeah, I enjoyed it. It's, you know, it's up there. I'm not <laughs> saying it's one of the best matches of all time, but it's up there. It's up there. Well, I know other one is from WrestleMania 22, which is Edge and Foley. Mm, the one-spot match. <laughs> uh, at least I do have some talking to do. Well, I've got my Edge facts first. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I say facts. He was a WrestleMania curtain jerker. Yeah. Wild champion. He was in the first three TLC matches, of course. Yeah. Well, he's part of rated RKO. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Blair wrote Spear, really. <laughs> uh, one K King of the Ring 2001. <laughs> Kidnapped Paul Bearer. <laughs> we should have discussed before. <laughs> but then, he was an 11-time world champion. Jesus. In a really short amount of time. Yeah. Five-time IC champ, one-time US, 14-time tag team. He won the 2005 Rumble, and he was Money in the Bank 2005 winner. Jesus. So this was like his big push year then? Yeah. He was 14th Triple Crown and 7th Grand Slam. Well. Oh, when you had the Edgeheads. <laughs> well, you see, I've got in just from the promo, my opening line: Edge claims he's the most watched champ ever. Just lies, because he only <laughs> held the title for three bloody weeks. <laughs> three weeks, his first reign. Three weeks or eight, mate? No, it wasn't. No. <laughs> Edge, the get, man. Get who Nielsen won. on it. Nielsen on it. Nielsen ratings, mate. I'll tell us. <laughs> sort that shit out. Uh, da -da. Let's find my notes for that one. Bro, bro, bro. I don't know why I just said that. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> no, I've got and Foley from WrestleMania 20... I always think it's 24, but it's 22. It's 22, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> for starters, Joey Styles called Lita Edge's sinister sex bud. Let's see, I, I, I just have written down Lita's Baps. <laughs> <laughs> what? They're out? They are out. They're out all the way through the promo, too. They are. Um, I actually put it was a good promo. <laughs> <laughs> and they did a good job of making Foley look a legitimate threat again, despite him having been retired for, like, ages. Yeah. So I thought they, that was quite good. They actually made Foley seem... Again, made him seem like he could win, which we know we can't. Mm. But um, 
Well, I noted Fowler looking a lot bigger, which comes into play later yeah, in the match. Yeah, I'll put that. But then starts with the baseball bat, which gets dodged repeatedly. Yeah. From the very rapid punches straight into a bulldog. Yeah. Uh, tree I, of Rowan, a cactus elbow. Yeah. I put, um, I put Joey Styles on commentary, Leah's Baps. <laughs> um, Foley's known as Mickles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mickles. How to make him seem even less threatening. Uh, and then I put that the opening exchange did nothing for either man, and it made Edge look weak. That reminds me of, I was watching, uh, I was watching um, Uncensored 99 before. Oh, yeah. And it's Mikey Whitbeck's debut. Right. And Bobby Heenan's calling it anything but Mikey Whitbeck. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey Whip Dash. <laughs> Matt, um, Mikey Fling Smash, I think, was one. <laughs> and any name apart from Whipwreck. Right. Uh, Lita starts tossing in random tra- baking trays. Yeah, unprotected shots again. <laughs> yeah, it's just, well, I'd say it's just a thin tray, but. Well, it know, bends around know, his head. Yeah, but I know the hurts. <laughs> yeah. I put um, uh, jo- Joey comments on the dark flannel shirt. And instantly we can see the red flannel shirt underneath. <laughs> yeah. So your commentary of, oh, Mick wearing a, a dark flannel shirt this time instead of the usual red, showing maybe a darker side. Yeah, no, bullshit, because I can see the red one underneath. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just randomly put spray. Uh Where do I get that? Oh, That's yeah, barbed wire spear spot. Awful. Awful. Oh, look, I'm going to start stripping now. Yeah, the thinnest piece of barbed wire you will ever see. That had to be so perfectly placed for him to actually land the spear on it. Ridiculous. Uh, I I thought that spot, like, (laughs) properly, like, that's exposing the business. Yeah. To me. Edge gets tied up in the ropes. Uh, I think Foley pulls out the barbed wire from, from under the steps. But they, call, back. but they call it Barbie, but it's a baseball bat with barbed wire on it, not a 2 by 4 So it's not the same. Yeah, no, but it's not the same. It's not Barbie. <laughs> it's a 2 by 4 with barbed wire on it, not a baseball bat with barbed wire. Am I wrong? No, you're not. There you go. That, that was my rant about it. I was really <laughs> pissed off. Calm down, calm down Bickles. Mickles. <laughs> <laughs> Uncles. Uncles. Nichols, dear me. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lita jumps up on Foley's back, cactus clothesline with Lita on his back. She takes a horrible bump on her ass. It sounded gross. <laughs> uh, cover on a two count. Yeah. Same swinging net break on the floor. Yeah. Only gets two count again. Hip toss into steps. <laughs> Hip toss into steps. But then. Well, it's, it's before that, you've got the rapid fist looking for face full of dick. <laughs> <laughs> Which is then the hip toss into the hip toss counter and then thrown over the stairs. Yep. Uh, Foley, up, man. <laughs> brings up the table, Edge goes for a dive, but Foley moves off. And I've just thrown table for some reason. Oh, is that, Foley moves off table. Yeah, is that not is that not when they do the ramp spot and fo- they like, just like the, you know, like the hair grab yeah. throws his head into the ramp. It sounds gross. This is when I've got that's the next bit because they, right. they move towards the ramp, yeah, and then he does like the whip, I call it the whip pull, yeah, it's yeah, like the hair pull back. Gross, no, yeah, no, horrible. <laughs> Two count cover, then Lita just pull out the light fluid, 
Yeah, I put lighter fluid. Crowd is dead. I didn't think the crowd was into this match at all. They probably weren't, but... I I just thought it was quiet the whole time. (laughs) They were just waiting for that spot. Yeah. Well, like, I'm just thinking, like, like in the Triple H match... The crowd was into it all the way through, and you could see it. And I know they yeah. brought into the crowd, which made it slightly different. When you got the New York crowd, don't forget. Yeah. Well. Whereas this crowd didn't seem forced. They really didn't. And then I've got Foley Blades. Uh, so, light fluid. I've got Spray's Edge, Foley starts firing back, Stump Puller Pile Driver, Random Concerto Attempt, because the DDT onto a tray. Mm hmm. Uh, Barbie comes into play again Bulldog on Barbie and then Edge mm-hmm. goes to the thumbtacks yeah but gets belly backed into them uh, that's I just wanted to point out that's Edge's first bump of this match in this match his first actual bump in this match really? because oh, I thought great. he does the not the break on the outside oh sorry uh, I meant his first bump in ring in this match <laughs> 17 minutes into this match and it goes for four. Wait, I've got 40. It's 1436. I've got. I've got it 17 minutes on my video. Yeah. Maybe that included the promo at the beginning. Possibly, because I watched it on the network. No, oh, did you? I watched, the pro- yeah. I watched it on YouTube. Yeah. So it's maybe 14 like... times. I don't know. I'm going to text through. Hold on. Uh, Foot this company. <laughs> <laughs> Probably my fault for like, sticking that in there and not working out the time properly. Uh, goes for the barbed wire with Socko and Lita. That was then, good, that. I did enjoy that bit. Because it was something different. <laughs> Attacking a woman? <laughs> no, he attacks Edge with it as well. Yeah. But then Lita gets involved. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, got to deal with it. <laughs> Bitches be cray-cray. Yeah. <laughs> Lita's baps. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> Bickles, calm down. And I put Foley looks gross. And then Edge blades. <laughs> Randomly. Uh, I just put multiple barbie shots on edge elbow from Royal Rumble 2000 included yeah so just like the barbed wire drop mm-hmm. uh, colour shown on Foley <laughs> Foley eyeing up last fluid <laughs> yeah I've got oh, I've got this is like the end I've, I've then put litre spray as a table light as a table spear through table and edge calls cover one two three yeah but Edge is dead at this point. So yeah, I, I I just put on it that like you can you can clearly see Mick looking for where the table is yeah. before he does before they do the spear. Right. And the, the the commentators say they can smell the burning flesh of Mick Foley. <laughs> Mick Foley is wearing a full on shirt with a t shirt underneath it. There is no way that the flames touch his flesh. Yeah. So he's just lied. Unless it was Edge's hair. In which case, woo! Yeah. But, it's... yeah, I just... The crowd weren't bothered until the flame until the table was on fire. They didn't seem that bothered about the whole match. There was very little wrestling in it, and Foley took most of the bumps. Standard of a Foley, isn't it? I think there's like the... Is it backlash we have with Randy Orton? Oh, I don't know. A similar thing happens, I think. Right. Um, but I just put that, I probably wouldn't watch it again. Um, and it's definitely not the best hardcore match of all time. No, it's not. It's not even close. 
It's. I wouldn't even say it was a mediocre hardcore match. Average. <laughs> well, that, that's giving it credit. <laughs> yeah, because I just think, like you say, it wasn't. It wasn't nearly back and forth enough. Like, you know, we're fully taking all the bumps, and you know, for all the offense, I suppose you could say Foley got in. I don't think any of it was really, you know, that. Well, I guess it wasn't really that damaging, or uh, it didn't seem to be. It didn't seem yeah. like it was, you know, it, it didn't feel like it was going to win. Mm-hmm. But no. What did you think? It was average. <laughs> I'm not in a rush to watch it again. No. It's like if I was watching WrestleMania 22 now or next week, whatever, I'd just, or even that, the next few months, I'd just skip over it. Yeah, and yeah. It wasn't a good match. No, it wasn't really. It was, it was talked about a lot and people praised it. Yeah. But I don't understand why. Yeah, looking back with hindsight, you wouldn't say that again. Yeah. So. Yeah. Next one. Next one, we've got Eddie G and Edge on 26th of September 2002. It's a no DQ match. Like this. Which is really weird because they, they had two matches at two pay per views and then having the blow off on the SmackDown. Yeah, well, <laughs> this is like the brand split thing, isn't it? Yeah. Like at the very beginning of it. Um, uh, I just put Edge heads, lies, Edge looks strapped for Edge. <laughs> this. Because oh, I watched this on the network at the, start, at the start of the show, like I was yeah. telling you before. It starts with an um, unforgiving recap. Yeah. Eric Bischoff doing like the HLA stuff. Yeah. About Stephanie. And Stephanie's like, oh no, I've got something for you. And brings out like, this like heifer of a woman. Right. Apparently. And yeah. then it's like meant to be HLA with Stephanie's woman. It turned out to be Rikishi in drag. But like done mm. in like make like a mask on and stuff. So he, you wouldn't think it's Rikishi. Yeah, yeah. Mask. Gives like um, Eric Bischoff a massive stink face, which I thought was a really weird way to start the review. Yeah, start the show. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, I guess uh, I guess it's them trying to show like somebody getting one up on Bischoff, who was obviously the raw GM at the time. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's no DQ. Eddie start fired out, starting. Eddie fired out to start. Uh, with his random weird little forearms, he does. Yeah, yeah. There's a random whistle or screaming of some like some woman that you can hear from the start. Oh, I don't know. I've got Eddie Chance. Uh, monkey flip by Edge after some back and forth. I just wrote technical and slingshot to the outside. Yeah. Uh, back body drop and a drop kick. I should have noted more the commentary because the commentary was awful. Yeah. Well, I just. The commentary in it, what I don't know, it's, what pissed me off about it was they were trying to obviously they were trying to put Edge over because he's supposed to be the face in the feud, um, but I just think that they almost didn't go about it the right way. It was more of a oh Eddie's really good, but Edge's Edge is, Edge is really really good too. Mm. Well, he's a, you're supposed to be making it out that he's better. Yeah. Um, and that Eddie only wins because he can cheat, mm. which is kind of the point. But again, I've just put, um, I've got Edge sets up a rest hold, three minutes, 19 seconds in. Um, and we get Eddie sucks chance as he gets the upper hand. 
Uh, obviously got back body drop and a drop kick. More shots and then an integrity by Eddie. Random suplex and a cover, but only gets a two count. Then throws in the chin lock and shouts for in Spanish. <laughs> which Taz then decides to translate as, I've got you in a chin lock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that commentary, yeah. I, I highly doubt that's what he said. But there you go. <laughs> uh, power slam by Edge. I think he only gets a two off that. Yeah, yeah. Superplex by Eddie, and then somehow Eddie, Eddie ends up on Eddie's shoulders, gets yeah. hung up, yeah, and over to the outside. Uh, brings the ladder out, and start Edge charging. Yeah, and hit, hit. takes yeah. the ref out. Yeah, Edge takes out the ref, and the commentary says Edge, the master of ladders. Really. I thought that they were the master of chairs. But there we go. There's another text coming through. Yeah, same again, fuck this company. Oh, see, I <laughs> thought it'd say Matt freaking Hardy. Chair at the back and the ribs, which was noted. Oh, chair at the back. Yeah. <laughs> Spear, which gets covered during the break because he had a break. Halfway through. Yeah, which was so stupid. Because that's supposed to be Edge's finisher. And yeah. he did it in the ad break. Yeah. We'll show you what we missed five minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, goes for a fog splash, but Eddie misses. Yep. Starts firing back with shots. Yeah. New ref. I didn't know a new ref come in. Yeah. Should have done. They, they talk about it after the break. <laughs> after the break, when Eddie's in control again. Yeah. And we get a new ref. And Eddie keep I put Eddie keeping the crowd in it by taunting is masterful. <laughs> well, I I don't know if you noticed it while I was while you were watching it, but pretty much every time that like Eddie would do a move or else, and you know he'd take rather than going straight over doing another move, he'd take his time and like he'd do something, say something to the crowd, or do like you know the rocking of the shoulders that he does or yeah. something like that. And the crowd had instantly hit on him more. Mm. And it, I felt like he alone kept the crowd involved in the match and kept them wanting to hate him. Because yeah. you'd you get like you get Eddie Chance and then you get immediately followed by Eddie Sucks Chance. Mm. So like you've got the crowd split. Kind of like, you know, you have with Let's Go Senior and Senior Sucks. But I just felt that he was the only thing that kept them interested. There was no Edge Chance at all. There was never any... Thing to do with him, so yeah. <laughs> Edge is the average wrestler. He's the creator of your sister make on that SmackDown three. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, Eddie ends up on the back for a sleeper. Yeah, or a rest hold. Yeah, but gets reversed by Edge into the half Nelson Bulldog thingy. Yeah, then Frankenstein of Eddie only gets two. But I've noted Ed, Eddie with snug shots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, somehow they end up on the top. I can't remember how. I just felt to the top holding edge, powerbomb reversal. Yeah, which, which is, is where he's got the yeah he's got his hand or whatever. Yeah, I and put uh, I put gross bump on the counter powerbomb by Edge because <laughs> Eddie lands on his head. Ouch. Yeah, it looks sick. Uh, Edge brings the ladder in. But Eddie gets a drop kick, he puts Edge down. 
Yeah. Then goes and gets another ladder. Yep. Randomly. Um, you're up in uppercut, puts him down, and he gets sandwiched, and then he goes for somersault tope. Hilo. Thing. I don't know what it's called. I don't know, I just know it's it called, called the Hilo. I know it's called the Hilo. Uh, only that's a two off it, but then why would you do that Do that to yourself? I don't know, I put edge kicks out at two and seven eighths. <laughs> two and nine times, mate. I don't know, I'm relatively specific. <laughs> uh, ladder battle. I've got the set, set up ladder, starts, Eddie starts climbing, and Edge starts climbing. Yeah, so we get the battle on the top of the ladder. Yeah. <laughs> Edge's face meets top rung. <laughs> Some set flip power bomb from the top. Which looks awesome. Two. Piss the me off. <laughs> uh, Edge gets allowed in the corner. Eddie gets back body dropped, but chops and gets dropped on his head. Yeah, that it's was gross. A bit grim. Yep. Would have allowed himself on the opposite side. Mm hmm. Both climbing, yep. shots fired by both. Execution from the top, which is still brutal to this day. Yep. Cover gets the win. Yep, and the crowd goes mild. <laughs> That's my line. <laughs> it is your line, but I'm stealing it. Bell end. <coughs> to put yeah. it simply, no one cared about Edge at all in this match. The crowd couldn't care. The commentators didn't really care, but Eddie Guerrero made people interested. Well, I did put reminds me of recent review in the way yeah. it's like. Oh, like that fin- The finish was like I didn't see the finish coming. Yeah. I've seen that match, but I couldn't remember it. And I thought the finish was awesome. You know, like that. Well, it's it's like it's it's a DDT of some, but they call it the execution, don't they? Yeah. And off the top of the ladder was I didn't I didn't imagine that was coming. But as soon as I saw Eddie kind of step off the ladder onto the rope, I kind of had an idea something was going to happen. Yeah. Um. But that match was good in spite of Edge, not because of Edge. Yeah. Eddie Guerrero could have put that match on with anybody, mm-hmm. I think. And it reminds me. It reminds me of taking like an unknown guy though. Like yeah. Whip wreck and sort of put him against like Austin and it got him over. Yeah, yeah. Like sort of thing got. So I think Eddie sort of went face with it and it got Edge. Yeah. That bit over. Yeah. But then, not because I remember. You I watched. I watched in when I was in high school. Yeah. The week. The week. At, the, the week on the Saturday when it was on. Yeah. That week or whatever, and it's like oh, it's a really good match, and I watched it now. It's like average. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Not as good as I thought it was. I thought it was. Remembered it what it being. I thought it was the best match of the three we watched. Uh, Considering it had no build, and how much I hate Edge. Yeah. I think it was. It's just. I, I just thought it was the best match that I'd seen out of those three. Um, I don't like the bumps Foley takes. Um, I'm glad that he did it. You know because. He earned a lot of money doing it and it made a lot of people think that, oh yeah, I can go into wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't agree with a lot of the bumps that he takes. And, again, I thought his match with Edge was boring and really didn't do anything for me. But his match with Triple H was good, but, again, maybe I'm thinking of something different. Maybe I'm 
it wasn't as epic as I remember it being. But that match, considering it was on a SmackDown, yeah. I wouldn't expect that to see stuff like that yeah. week in, week out. They wouldn't do that nowadays. Then again, they wouldn't do like, half of the spots nowadays. Yeah. I think that's the longest match on that show as well, because after that, there's like Matt Hardy versus Undertaker, which is all like that on the, <laughs> on the timeline. Yeah. It's like you have like that gap for Edge and Eddie, and then there's like this little bit for Taker and Matt. Yeah, so it's like a minute. Yeah, if that. So, yeah, I'm not shocked by that. <laughs> so. What, yeah? Yeah. Anything you want to add before we wrap up? Because Katie's looking more and more furious. My battery died on the phone. Because <laughs> the battery died on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> See, happy now. <laughs> going to look through his, his photos, look through his messages. No, no, no. Just play Thompson. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> but no, um, like I say, I, I'd like to hear what people think about our match reviews, so to speak, and like, you know, how we've run through them. Um, I'm looking forward to doing another one. I'm looking forward to doing like a whole show. I think, <laughs> considering we're coming and sit on three hours again, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, as in like, if we come with like a, a, an actual show to review. Yeah. If we do do... Uh, we'll do at some point. A, like, just a, a, the review of a show. Then everything that we go off on tangents about will feel, just feed into it. Yeah. But, <laughs> the uh, eight-hour epic podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's not... Well, it is quite long, isn't it, really? Three hours. <laughs> yeah, but it's like I've said to people, like, no one's... Only about two people said it's too long. But that's where we went off that tangent on the first one, where mm. it was we talked about education for 13 minutes and then jumped into wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's the whole thing I always said about podcasts is you can put it down, you can mm. play it, yeah, pause it, and then go back to it later. Mm. Whatever. Right, it's... Well, no, I mean, essentially, uh, what I have to say is, you know, I, obviously, comments. Greatly appreciated. Um, I don't feedback, feedback, comments, whatever it may yeah. be. Um, I don't like Edge. Um, I never will. <laughs> I don't understand why he held the title eleven times in such a short period of time. Yeah, um, but then again, it's probably because he, it was like, well, uh, put it on John Cena. No, wait, put it on Edge. No, wait, put it back on Cena. No, wait, put it on Edge every month. Um, and the only thing I will ever remember him for is getting Lita's maps on TV. And that's pretty much it. That's the best thing he did. And yeah. Edge and Christian. Ooh, there's a look there from Katie. <laughs> 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 we were people's eyebrows as well. Edge and Chris- well, like I say, Edge and Christian was good, but Edge and Christian was made good by the other people taking their bumps. Yeah. What about all the comedy stuff, though? It wasn't that. The bits with Kurt Angle were good. And the kazoo. Yeah, I'm just not a... I'm You're just not an edgehead. An edgehead. <laughs> no, I will never ever be described <laughs> as an edgehead. <laughs> so you have a spare edge t-shirt for <laughs> Bunker wears a, a like a large. So if you want to send him an edge T-shirt, I'll gladly wear it for you. <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> but no, uh, yeah, you know, that, that's that's kind of my bit. What's your bit? Yeah. Hmm? You got anything you want to say? Want to add? I think I'm good. I've caught everything. But I've not, I did put in about the, the flyer TLA madness stuff. <laughs> but I'll hopefully cover that on the next episode. Elbow dropping your pants. It's the only way to go. Well, it's more the chugging of smearing off ice, but I'll cover that on the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just got iced. <laughs> Terrible. Got iced and then been able to say, say and do what he wants because he says woo afterwards. Yeah. But, okay, cover that next episode. Yeah. Right, well, for the last art of... K-Pep. Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> for the last art of wrestling... I've been Coxie. I've been Bunkle. And this has been Taz, the dog. Mm. With the jingle. You can hear it. Jingle, Taz. Uh, thank you very much.